Well, what's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, of course, for the regular folks. We're almost here on the weekend, and someone will be going on spring break here momentarily. Of course, I was on spring break last week. I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. But our teacher, our professor, he's very, very excited, getting ready to wind up, and I guess maybe wind down for the most part as well as he comes up on a spring break. But lots to get on as far as on the show today. Will we, and I will bring it back up. Nope, maybe not. It didn't come through. So on the show today, as uh, the banner, I guess, went away, we're talking Eagles. Of course, Joe Flacco coming on board along with two other picks in free agency. Not many splashes so far. But again, we're working on a limited budget when it comes to the Eagles. Some Phillies talk, what we believe will be the projected lineup starting for the Phillies as they're less than about a week away to head back up north to get back to Citizens Bank Park and get that, that season underway. We're also talking the NBA trade deadline, which I think earlier today when I put on my promo, I said free agency. That's because I was thinking about this as far as the NFL free agency. So lots to go over. Also the Sweet 16 bracket. And we will be wel welcoming our newest member of the team who right now currently is at Clemson. So Trevor Lawrence, if you're tuning in, you'll see who our newest team member is. So lots to go over, lots to get around. We will get the show underway here. And oh, by the way, Mike Fuji is on assignment. So we will not see him this week. Maybe possibly he'll be back from his assignment next week. So right now, Fuji is on assignment, but it's okay because we missed the guy and we'll see him momentarily. So uh, with all that being said, of course, I'm Angel. This is Brossary South. I do see the comments coming in, and I appreciate everyone for tuning in tonight, especially anyone that's new watching us. We do appreciate you for tuning in as well. I will also bring on the guys here momentarily. One thing I do want to say, if I can bring up my screen here, if you guys and girls are watching, and of course, you can go to our website, which is broadstreetsouth.com, broadstsouth.com. You will see that you have links to our RSS feed, uh, any latest updates, and of course, you can see one of the latest shows, and I think our live feed show should be coming up here momentarily as well. Um, but please go to BroadStreetSouth.com. If you want to listen to our Tuesday night show, we have one just this week for Women's History Month with Brianna, with Kelly, with Barbara Burke Sherman, and with Candice McLean. So if you guys missed that audio episode, you can either click on the website, if you guys can see right there on the RSS feed. If you click on that, it'll take you through there. Also, we have it on iTunes and Spotify, so you can click on the link so you guys can see that as well. So just giving you a bunch of information so everyone can see exactly what we got going on in the show here. So, well, I will bring on, of course, the cast of crew members, the first one being, as soon as I switch my screens here, the professor who is dying to get on spring break. So here comes the professor, the Drew himself, Mike Sherman. Mike, Mike, how are you? I am doing fantastic to everybody out there. I hope you're doing well. The number of the day is five. Check it out. The number of the day is five. Villanova, a five seed, is going up against Baylor in the NCAAs this weekend. The Philadelphia Eagles have signed their backup quarterback, number five, Joe Flacco. And yes, five weeks from tonight is the NFL draft. 
counting them down five weeks from tonight is the NFL draft. And who are the Philadelphia Eagles going to take with that pick? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about that. So that, that's good work by you, Sherman, because I, I didn't even think about how number five will always love you when end up coming into play tonight. So great job by you, definitely. Number, <laughs> you five, number five will always love you. There it is, number five. She <laughs> sure will. So, again, I see the comments coming in. We'll get to them momentarily. And filling in for, of course, the gentleman that's on assignment for us is Ryan Neff. And Ryan was on with us on Tuesday night. Ryan, how are you? I'm fantastic, fellas. How every, how is everybody doing tonight? We're great. We sure are. And I, I want to get into, uh, I guess, momentarily before we bring on our newest member of the team here. For those who missed, and again, as I talked about it in the opening of the show, if you missed the audio show of last Tuesday, episode, or season one, episode three, and it's Women's History Month, of course, the three of us were on, on the audio. You have to listen into the show. And again, go to Spotify, iTunes. And the RSS feed on our Broad Street South, look for search under Broad Street South under Google, and it'll bring up exactly where it is. And I want to tell you, when we're probably supposed to go about an hour. We went two hours in the show, and we had so much fun. It, it was just a great time. So I, I'm pretty sure you guys had a great time as well. Sherman, we learned a lot from him. Mrs. Sherman provided so much information as far as like how they got married, what ended up taking it. Just you guys have to watch the show. And, and Sherman, once again, I, I will say, you know, it's amazing to learn the short amount of time, and I don't want to give it away so people can listen in. The short amount of time that you guys end up taking as far as marriage, but the big thing that stuck out to me was when your wife said she laid that big one on you, and that's pretty much the, the convincing factor of it. It was definitely the beginning, that's for sure. One day when I write my memoirs, that is certainly going to be in it, and it's going to be a big chapter of the book. Yeah, no, it's going to be fantastic. We're looking forward to that one, and of course, if no one has heard, and maybe just because, I don't know, you haven't been paying attention much, but we have on our team, our beat writer, straight out of Clemson, I guess if it's okay to say it that way, is Nicholas Lisi. Nick, how are you this evening? Hey, I'm doing great, guys. Thank you so much for having me on, and I hope you all are doing well as well. Doing fantastic. That we definitely are. And by the way, for uh, everyone who's tuning in, in tonight, if you can see there, there is Nick's Twitter handle, so please give him a follow. If you guys can see, it's Nicholas Lisi and the number one. So Nicholas Lisi one, give the man a follow because he is part of the team now, and welcome him just like everyone else here on the team. So we're excited to have Nick. We expect a lot of great things from Nick, and I'm pretty sure him being so busy down here at Clemson, and again, his best friend Trevor Lawrence, which I'm quite sure is watching the show tonight from Clemson, uh, I'm best pretty friend. sure he wants to congratulate him as well. So, Nick, thank you for coming on. We do appreciate it, and we look forward to uh, many articles from you for sure. Thank you so much. I can't wait to uh, start working on my journey with this team and continuing to learn. So, thank you. Right, you're welcome. No problem whatsoever. And I'm going to get to the comments here, like I said here momentarily. But before we start getting really into the show, and a good friend of the show, and I want to bring up here, uh, Tony Bruno. He lost his mother somewhere during the overnight hours. And if you can see, and it's kind of hard for me to, to point on the screen, but right next to Tony Bruno is his mom, Angelina. Uh, his father, who's also uh, passed away many years ago, Orlando, I'm pretty sure they're reunited in heaven. And uh, it's, again, life is very short, but she lived a very good life. Uh, Tony put out a message last night that he was spending the last moments with his mom and his sisters. So if we can here, just take you know a quick moment of silence for Tony and the family, we would appreciate it.
Thank you, guys. And <clears throat> we hope that Tony and his family, of course, our condolences from Broad Street South. And we hope that you know, it, it's hard to deal with when it comes to a death. Uh, but we're hoping that they're all together, reunited. And now knowing that Tony's mom should no longer suffer, but be in heaven with God and, and being reunited with her family and friends all over again. So, Tony, God bless Miss Robin and the entire Bruno family. We hope that everyone is well. We send our condolences. And, Tony, I'm pretty sure we'll be speaking to you soon. Um, well, <clears throat> so... Lots of news to get to. I guess I'll bring up the comments here as everyone is, is tuning in. Uh, we'll start with Vincent. Oh, by the way, see, now starting with Vincent because I can see Vincent. He's saying go. That was the one thing I forgot. So good thing that he just ended up coming on. Let me switch this over real quick because we love to share with our friends, of course, the Rough Cut Sports Cast. Now, it's with Vincent Milani, AJ Johnson, and their show. So, and, and again, Sherman, help me out with this one. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday at 8? They go on Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night at 8 p.m. Eastern time. And I want – at 8 p.m. Eastern time, and I want to bring this up on the show. One of the contributors for their show is Dylan Kearns. And Dylan had the opportunity to do some broadcasting for I, – I don't know if it was a high school game or a college baseball game, but to make a long story short, his play-by-play was shown on ESPN's top 10 on SportsCenter last night as number nine. It was absolutely fantastic. Nice. Absolutely fantastic that, you know, Dylan Kearns made it to number nine for the top plays on SportsCenter last night, which was really cool. That is really cool. I, I will say much. I, listen, I, I'm going to get back to the comments here. Let me switch here screens momentarily, and I'll get back to the other ones I was going to make a mention as well. So, Vincent – by the way, I, I was trying to get to the sh uh, watch the show last time, but I ended up getting so busy that I didn't get a chance to. So I, I chimed in in the very close to the very beginning, and I did see, of course, uh, Sherman on there as well. So I didn't get to see the entire show, but I'm going to go back and watch the the, uh, the replay. And then last Friday I missed it as well, but this Friday I'll make sure I end up catching it because it, you get so busy and those guys understand it that you end up missing it. But a great show, you guys. By the way, the Rough Cut Sportscast. We love to promote our show, but I would say this much. Those guys do a fantastic job, and, and I, I can't say enough about that crew because we've been having fun with them and, and uh, vice versa. But Vincent says, uh, go Jags. Let's go Trevor Lawrence. Uh, again, that's um, Nick's best friend. We, we just learned that this evening. Uh, Absolutely. He's my roommate, actually, believe it or not. He, uh, he decided to come back to the dorms and, and live with me for freshman year. So. That's always a good thing. Uh, and he also said that uh, that show idea is sweet. Must check it out. Uh, we thank you for that. AJ, where I see him, right here. Broad Street South, I have an interesting pick for you guys in my mock draft tomorrow night. I want to hear it because I know you guys are going to be going on the air here momentarily. And he also put down there the US, USCB College Baseball. Yeah, that was Dylan Kearns with his announcing. for It was for USCB College Baseball. Nice. And it was, man, there was something from last night. If I remember, I'll ask those guys later on, but it was something, something from the, uh, from the show last night. And AJ says Dylan Kearns. So, uh, darn it. It was something AJ, if I remember, I'll, I'll, I'll shoot you guys, shoot you guys a message later on, but it was something from the show last night. That I want to talk about today. And because I didn't write it down, shame on me. I forgot all about it. But again, you guys, if you're going to check out the show, Again, rough cut sportscast. It's so much, so much fun. So check it out. The guys do an amazing job. Friday nights, to me, I will say it feels more like a party that they add to the show because there's two other gentlemen to add on there. And Mike, you know, the other two guys end up being on there on Friday night. Dylan Kearns and Aaron Mukes, and they both do a fantastic job on the show. If you watch one of their replays, 
Aaron Mukes and Dylan Kearns just went at it back and forth talking about who was the better running back, Aaron Jones or Saquon Barkley. And it was very entertaining to watch. They did a great job. So after you're done watching us, go watch them. Uh, watch them tonight. Watch them Friday night and watch their replay from last night because we're all in the same type of business. We're all trying to get 1,000 followers. We're all trying to get 1,000 followers. So everybody like our page, share our page, and then go to the Rough Cut Sportscast and like their page and share their page as well. So Drew said, listen, guys, I hope you have a great show as we stated last night as well. It, it's a lot of fun. I'll be, again, catching the replay because I, I won't be able to catch the show, at least the beginning part of it, but I will catch the replay uh, more than anything else. So Vinny, AJ, have a great show. Uh, and God almighty, I, I know I'll remember at one point or another, and it'll, be, it'll register. But anyways, have a great show, you guys, again. Check out, and I'll bring up the screen one more time here so everybody can see it on Facebook, the Rough Cut Sportscast. It's a lot of fun. Trust me when I tell you, it's a lot of a lot of fun. So, and Vince says, you guys really appreciate the love. And listen, we appreciate you guys as well. So check out the show. I'm telling you, you guys will not be disappointed. It's a lot of fun. They bring a lot of energy. It, it's so cool. I, I can just go on forever. The women's bracket, that's what it was. The women's bracket of college basketball. That There it is. Vinny just reminded me. So. It was between I put down there and Sherman. I remember it was uh, Pat Summit that I put down for the final two. And Lisa, was it? I think the, now I'll be honest. I was listening to the show last night, but I was grading at the same time. I'm counting down the hours until spring break. So I was listening. I remember the people in the final four. I want to say it was Lisa Leslie, Pat Summit, um, Billie Jean King. And Serena Williams, if I remember correctly. I I don't know who's playing who in the final four, but you know, they had, you know, a decent amount of people who voted on it. I don't remember who the final two were going to be. Pat Summit versus Lisa Leslie. There you go. Um, if you want my vote for that, it's Pat Summit, no question whatsoever. What she's done oh, yeah. for the University of Tennessee women's basketball for so many years, like it's a no-brainer to me. But there might be a lot of people who think that the answer is Lisa Leslie for all she's done for the WNBA. Yeah. And, and now I will say, because that's the thing, and, and AJ, thank you for, for putting it up there. I will say, because it is Pat Summit, Lisa Leslie, same thing. I will agree upon that it is Pat Summit. But if there was a women versus men's bracket, I would put Pat Summit versus your UConn Huskies. Same thing, even though it's the women's basketball. But as far as on the male version, a female coach versus a male coach, I'm still going with Pat Summit because she did so much for Tennessee. And I know she's missed by that university. And, and there's enough. Matter of fact, I'll put up against Coach K. And Coach K from our, our Duke Blue Devils, I mean, he, same thing. He's done a lot for, you know, the Dukies, as a lot of people like to call them. But to me, still, Pat Summit is one of the better coaches that you're ever, ever going to see. Uh, Sherman nailed it. Pat Summit versus uh, Lisa Leslie. And it's what we think will be the final. Will be. Yeah, and, and that's what that's where I believe as well. AJ, I see one more here in the final four. Was Pat Summit, Serena Williams? Yep. So he did. He nailed it. So good job by the Shermanator. And uh, Nick, by the way, so one thing you will learn about Sherman, the entire family, as I say this week in and week out, it is the Shermanators. They do not go wrong in their picks. If you want to make a million bucks, listen to Sherman and the entire family because you will not go wrong because those guys, they bring it. Sherman, when he first, before he started the show, he would come on every single week, and I would say for the first seven weeks, he was on fire. Then came the loss, and after that, it was kind of teeter-totter. But even still, though, 
Family's on fire. My picks are for entertainment purposes only. My picks are for entertainment purposes only. Proceed with yeah. caution. Hey, sure. I was about to say, hey, those picks could help me pay for my college tuition. I, uh, I would 100% love that idea. So, yeah. For really? enter- listen, for entertainment purposes only. I am a teacher in this. Listen, I'm a school. I'm a teacher in the school district of Philadelphia. I can't get involved in this gambling ring. I just can't. But my picks are for entertainment purposes only. Let me Absolutely. make that clear to everyone. Absolutely. Sherm's picks are not for you to make. If you choose <laughs> to make those picks, please do not blame Sherm for those picks. They're your <laughs> picks that you took from Sherm. So. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's just it. And I, see, I saw one here. I want to get on there before I, I continue on with everything else here. Uh, Adam Bay says, great to see my guy Nick join this team tonight. And thank you, Adam, for viewing the show. We do appreciate it. That's my boy Adam, uh, high school buddy of mine, big fan of his. He's also trying to get into the industry. So good luck to you, Adam, and uh, keep looking for opportunities. No, come hey, Nick's, Nick, Nick, Nick's got to put in a good word with Dabo Sweeney so I could come down and touch Howard's <laughs> rock at some point. Oh, it, we'll we'll make that happen. We'll, we'll make that happen. You know, Trevor's my roommate. Trevor and Dabo, they're boys, so we'll we'll make that happen. <laughs> How about that? <laughs> Now, I'll, I'll come back through the other uh, comments, but of course, Joey B, which he's just, he's qu- quite the character, a lot of fun. So Joey B puts down there, Debbie, make sure Nicholas vacuums the house when he's in Tampa. <laughs> that's, that's one. And the other one is uh, Nicholas Mountain Dew or Jolt. I don't know what Jolt is. And oh. Mountain Dew makes my teeth uh, destroyed. So I'm going to go with neither for the current moment. Wow. Yeah, I am on a soda cleanse for 2021, trying to stay a little bit healthier. So I am going to opt for neither. Sorry, Joey. That's all right. Listen, it's, I don't, I, it's rare that I drink soda, so I'm right there with you. But Jolt, uh, the name itself, it, it exactly <laughs> where I'll end up going. <laughs> it will give you quite the jolt. Uh, two more other, two other guys that I actually want to make a quick mention as well. Uh, one being, Cleveland's Finest Podcast. And Rob J was on with them momentarily uh, last night towards the end of the show. If you guys want to check out the Cleveland's Finest Podcast, their entire lineup has been changed from the time that we first met Joe Rieger, uh, Rob J, and Batman. So they have their new backgrounds, uh, new cast. Their show is completely different from what it was before when, when, they, when they were with Redline Radio LLC. So I wanted to say hi to Rob J. Thank you for having me on last night. Uh, he sent me a message at the last minute. We were at dinner. Flew back to the house so we can go on with them. So, Rob J., we expect to see a lot of great things. We talked about music venues and everything else. So, it was fun last night with Rob J., for sure. So, guys, uh, great to have seen you last night. I'm pretty sure we're working a lot more in the future. So, good to see them as well. And Dave Wallencheck, by the way, speaking of Red Lion Radio LLC, who's in Vegas right now. One of his shows is on, the Lex Vegas show. But he is in Vegas with his daughter having a lot of fun. So, I want to say a quick hi to, to Dave Wallencheck and over Red Lion Radio LLC because – He's uh, always constantly sharing the show, and we like to share it back. So thank you to Dave. Thank you to Rob J and everyone else. And I believe that's all the people that I had to mention for now. Again, I will get back momentarily to the comments as I see there's a ton of them coming in. But also, we can't forget the people who pay the bills around here, and that would be our great sponsor of Fans of Philly. If you guys want to travel like a champion, by all means, reach out to Joe. And his crew at 610-517-7171, 610-517-7171, or email joe at fansofphilly.com. Also, visit the website, 
fansofphilly.com, and they will put a great travel package together, which hopefully we'll actually get one for a Vegas one. So, Nick, you might want to make yourself available maybe for that that Vegas Eagles trip that we're, we're hoping to get with the fans of Philly out there and do a live show out from Vegas. So we'll be reaching out to Joe ourselves here momentarily to make sure yeah. we get some a great package together because we're, we're planning on, on having a road trip show. So we'll, we'll let you know as soon as the Eagles schedule comes out, we'll let you know, and, and maybe you can make some arrangements. Just tell your professors, listen, I, I got something to do. So. <laughs> that, would, that would be incredible. I think all my professors would sign off on me going to Vegas for that. No, we hope so. But it's like I said, we have it, it's a lot of fun. And if uh, someone can remind me about a dog video towards the end of the podcast, and it's because if we can find a wide receiver with this kind of speed, it would be absolutely fantastic. So for, somebody can remind me. I forgot to, to do it on Tuesday night, so I want to do it tonight. So, of course, the one thing that we want to get into would be uh, the Eagles. We know that we have Joe Flacco now. And as I look back through here on the show comments, Matt Kelly said the show is live now on Broad Street South. Broadstreetsouth.com is I'm going too fast here. Matt, by the way, thank you so much for obviously making the website for us. We do appreciate it. And if you guys would like for Hatters Hosting to make your website, if you look on the website itself, on the bottom left-hand corner, if I remember correctly, it'll say contact us. And you can reach out to myself and or Matt and he can develop a website for you just as he did for us. And we're not done yet as far as the website development, and that's where Nick's articles will be on BroadStreetSouth.com. And like we said in the beginning of the show, he's got like 10,000 articles. I went from 1,000 to 10,000. That's how hard that guy's been working. So we'll, we'll see his first article here coming up very, very shortly. So, Nick, again, thank you for joining the team here. Matt, as well, thank you so much. Joey B, I, I see, dude, there's – Tons of comments from you, and I see it says, What up, Angel Sherm and Neff? Uh, five, I just had five lemon heads. <laughs> Once again, Joey B. So, everybody else, I'll get to you. Uh, and AJ, before they signed off, he said, uh, Sorry for Tony Brewer's loss, and we appreciate that, AJ. Well, forward that on. I see Tom. Hi, guys, appreciate Tom every weekend and week out. Mike Klein from Philly to South, and Mike, just I, I'm sorry, and I do apologize, and I'll say here on air. I noticed that you called twice, but two times when you called, we're in the middle of something. So I haven't forgotten. I will return back your phone call. Mike Klein, Nick, by the way, has a group called Philly of the South here in Tampa. He's been the president and CEO for the last 25 years. He's celebrating his 25th year as the club president. Normally, they meet at Tampa Joe's. Next year, It's we're trying to figure out what's going to end up happening. Uh, it could be at a new location. It could be at Tampa Joe's. But Mike Klein is the president and CEO of Philly of the South, and that's pretty much where all – Every Eagles fan that has moved from the area has pretty much come down to Tampa. And so they just made it Philly to South. And we, we had a fun time at Tampa Joe's. The year before, we had a lot more fun than this year. COVID kind of screwed up a lot of things. And so it wasn't as fun. But my first year with the club, it was a lot of fun. So Mikey, thank you. It's like Mike Sherman, Mike Fuji, Mike Klein. I know so many Mikes is crazy. But so, Mike, I, I haven't forgot about you. And I, I hope the new job is going well. But he says a blue hen is in the house. So I'm assuming that. Mike was the – oh, no, sorry. He's talking about Joe Flacco as we were just talking Eagles. So getting back to that, gentlemen, of course, we know that we got three picks so far – or three, sorry, NFL free agents, correct? We got Joe Flacco was one of them. And he got, if I'm looking here correctly, as I'm tearing a couple of things off that I don't need any longer, I uh, Joe Flacco got $3.5 million guaranteed and $4 million in added incentives, a one-year deal. So I will go with Sherman first. 
So Sherman, with a one-year deal, Joe Flacco, he's, of course, he's supposed to show veteran leadership for the Eagles. Was it a good pick for the Eagles to get that kind of free agency, basically at, at the cheap since we don't have a lot of money to work with? Yeah, I think getting somebody like Joe Flacco on the cheap is a good way to go. He's a Super Bowl-winning quarterback. He has some decent experience. I should say better than decent, some very good experience in the NFL. I believe he has over 40,000 yards in his career. I believe that Ryan and I talked about this during the week. If if Joe Flacco sees legitimate time during games this season for the Philadelphia Eagles, then the Philadelphia Eagles are going to be in trouble. He's an aging quarterback. Now, he's not going to be afraid to go in there just because of all the experience that he has. But he's an aging quarterback. He's somebody who's going to hold the clipboard. I think he'll provide some mentorship to Jalen Hurts. Uh, I think that he'll say all the right things. He's a local guy from Audubon, New Jersey, went to the University of Delaware, go Blue Hens. And, you know, I think he'll be a positive impact in the locker room. And I don't think that there's going to be any drama between Flacco and Hurts unless Howie Roseman has something up his sleeve where Jalen Hurts might not still be with the Eagles come draft night. You never Correct. know with Howie. Yeah. So but, I think, but, but overall, I think that it was a good selection, um, a good pickup to make. It, it's not going to hurt the team, that's for sure. Right. And, and Ryan, your take on it? Horrible. Absolutely. I, I just think it's I, – I talked about this with um, Sherm earlier in the week. And, and if Jalen Hurts winds up getting hurt, let's say the second week, third week, and it's a long-term injury. The Eagles are screwed. You might as well just pack it in. He's an aging quarterback. He's past his prime. He can't right. cut it anymore. Now, I hope for Eagles fans, I'm wrong. Let's say Hurts gets you know, injured and Flacco's the second coming and Nick Foles. You never know. But you couldn't do better than Joe Flacco? I mean, there had to be somebody else out there. They could have gone after Andy Dalton. They could have, and Andy Dalton's no better, but he's a little bit younger. No, he hasn't won in the playoffs and stuff like that. But Joe Joe Flacco is so past his prime, it's not even funny. I just, I don't understand the thinking. I don't understand why they even went that way. I just, I, I I'm baffled. I'm actually kind of stunned that they actually. I didn't think they would sign him. Be quite honest with you, I'm just stunned. I have you know to. I have to think wow. that the Eagles recognize that they're not going to be competitive for the next couple of years, so they just decided to tank it and bring an aging quarterback like Joe Flacco in. I think if the Eagles realistically thought that they could somehow sneak the NFC East in this upcoming year, being that they're playing a last place schedule and the Washington football team is playing a first place schedule. So maybe they come a little bit closer to the pack. You know, maybe they would have gone after uh, a more expensive backup quarterback. Ryan, I agree with you. The Flacco was pretty much done at this point. And like I said moments ago, if Flacco plays – legitimate time during meaningful games for the Eagles. The Philadelphia Eagles are going to be in trouble, but they're already in trouble with all the guests that we've had on this show. The Philadelphia Eagles have so many holes on this team. I don't even know where to start. Wait, wait, wait. Mike, Mike, Mike why, why not go after Mariota or somebody of that nature who's exactly like Hertz in essence? I mean, I, it, Joe, Joe Flacco to me just makes absolutely no sense at all. Well, I think the, I, I think that the hope for the Eagles is that 
Flacco or Mariota or whoever they would have gotten does not get on the field at all. Because if they do, the Eagles are going to be in trouble or it's going to be in a mop-up situation where they're losing by double-digit touchdowns or winning. They're not going to be in trouble. They're they're already they're already in trouble. They're they're playing Jalen Hurts, who, as we've seen in history, a second year quarterback comes in. They have the film on him. They know he's a power runner. He's gonna get hit. He's gonna get hurt. He's probably gonna end up going down around week nine, week ten. Joe's gonna have to come in. And right now, the Eagles have two quarterbacks on their squad, and and most NFL uh, teams like to have three at least. So I, I'm not surprised if the Eagles go ahead and try to take someone here, whether it's Kellen Mond or it's. One of these guys coming up late, like Jamie Newman. But I like this Joe Flacco signing. You know, we, we all say he's old and he's washed. He's he's 35. Like, Brady's, like, almost 10 years older than him. Like, he's right. not – I mean, he's not, like, in a, in a walking boot or he's not, like, you know, carrying a cane around everywhere he goes. He's not, he's not that old. So, I like the Joe Flacco signing. I'm very curious to see how the Flacco-Peterson relationship works um, just because I think that might, you know, clash a little bit. I wonder what – Joe has to think about that. And, no, uh, I'm, no, I'm no Peterson, Peterson isn't there anymore. The Eagles now have Nick Wait. Sirianni as the head Wait. coach. Oh, shoot. That's right. Well, I'm curious to see what Sirianni does. And, uh, you know, Peterson's gone finally. And and I'm very curious to see how the Eagles take this. You know, they got the sixth pick coming. Are they going to take a receiver? Are they not? So it's going to be it's going to be a fun season for them. But Flacco, I think Flacco's a plus. I mean, you know, there's, there's not really anyone else available. So take Flacco. Tom Brady might be eight years older, but you take a 43-year-old Tom Brady before you would take a 35-year-old Joe Flacco. Oh, yeah. Tom Brady's not available. Tom Brady's not available. Sure isn't, especially now you got another two-year deal. He just restructured his deal in Tampa Bay. So, I mean, the, the Tampa Bay's trying to make some moves right now to keep everybody in contact. Leonard Fournette yet to do anything with Tampa Bay. I think he's trying to kind of get the feelers out there to see where he wants to land in NFL free agency. So, it's going to be, uh, it's going to be quite interesting. As far as Andy Dalton, I do not want that redheaded stepchild anywhere near this organization because that kid almost took Dak's spot. So Dak got his contract. He finally got paid, as I've been preaching about it all season long. But Andy almost ended up taking that spot. So no thanks. I, I, I want no parts of Andy Dalton. And and not that Joe Flacco is any better, Ryan, but I would rather have Joe over Andy Dalton. I mean, you're, you're getting them there cheap, and I'm pretty sure Andy Dalton would have probably came with a bigger price tag than Joe Flacco would have. It's a bad example on my part. I just threw the first name that came to my to my head, but I mean Joe. Now you got me fired up. I feel like Fuji down here in the box now, getting me all fired up. <laughs> there you go, Mike. That's right. Ring that bell, kid. Yeah, it's true. Uh, Adam Bay says have to agree. Eagles are rebuilding for years to come. Run heavy QBs don't get you wins in today's like yeah. It's very true. And Joey B says uh, Angel with the redhead stepchild <laughs> take lots of laughs. So laughing out loud. But yeah, I, I listen. I, I just don't want any part of that whole nonsense. And I still believe not that it, I'm not. Listen, Washington, we already know DCU is going to get better this year. We already know that Ron Rivera is going to come back healthy. He won't have to worry about as far as chemo anymore. And God bless Ron Rivera for coming back 100 percent. And that cancer is rid out of his body. So uh, congratulations to Ron. But. DCU will come back a lot stronger. And the Giants, too. Even though we might mock the Giants, first of all, the Giants are going to be pissed off anyways at us because Doug decided to blow that last game. Say whatever you want to. That game was thrown. I don't care. I'll put it out there. At least to me it was. You don't bring in your QB that you know is not going to be with this team 
just because Jalen Hurst threw two interceptions, like I just want to give the kids some reps. So I that again, <laughs> if you want to get me fired up, that was a one stupid move by Doug Peterson. But you know, whatever. That's why he's not even coaching at this point. He will be because he won't be out for long. But the same thing with with Dallas's whatever head coach McCarthy. It's not the answer. So Dallas, don't even expect to win a division. I'm just saying that right now. And and I, I will have, of course, a Dallas associate with us. Uh, not not that far away, Austin Kiefer, who represents the Dallas Cowboys. He'll be on with us here uh, in a couple of weeks. But no, I, I, no. Dallas is the favorite to win a division right now. They're they're at plus one hundred right now to win a division. They're they're, they're actually Dallas on favorite right now. So. I don't know if I'd say, oh, man, they're not winning. I'm, I'm curious to see what they got coming up next year. Maybe he comes back healthy. Their no, defense no, those stakes. They couldn't stop a cold. I mean, their defense is horrendous. They don't get the defense fixed. You know, right now, I know it's March, and I I normally don't make my picks for divisions and playoffs and Super Bowls to like two days before the season. But right now, if everybody stays healthy in that division, based on what I've seen right now, I would say that the Giants are going to win a division right now. Based on what they've done in free agency, what they've surrounded Daniel Jones with, you know, Saquon Barkley stays healthy. Now you've got the receivers that Jones has, a tight end. If Daniel Jones can't cut it this year, he's gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, yeah. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Well, I got uh, – let me go back to one here. I believe from Joey B. Again, Dalton would have been a great backup anywhere in the league. He gets it. He gets the business of the NFL. Cast some checks late in your career. Yeah, but listen now. Who's my other guy? Good Lord. That we traded for in Minnesota. Sam, Sam Bradford. Bradford. Yeah. Andy Dalton, the new Sam Bradford. It's what it's going to come down to. That kid will float around for like 10 different teams, like Fitzpatrick. I, I can't believe Fitzpatrick. Don't get me wrong. I, I know he's had Fitzmagic for a couple of years, but this guy continues to get contracts. There's teams that still vie. For him being starting quarterback, it, it's amazing to me. Some of these guys who – no, and, and nothing against Brian Fitzpatrick, and God bless him because he's out there chasing that money. And he's also trying to chase a ring, and who knows if he'll end up getting it or not, just like a Jameis Winston for New Orleans. Uh, I don't believe he's also the answer for New Orleans, but again, who knows? He went 30 for 30 Tampa Bay. I'm pretty sure he'll do the same thing with New Orleans. Uh, the next comment here comes from Andrew Crokin. He says, good move. Now the Eagles won't have to draft the quarterback, and Joe Flacco will be the backup quarterback to Jalen Hurts since Hurts is the Eagles starting quarterback for the 2021 season. The Philadelphia Eagles Super Bowl 51 champions. Uh, Jalen Hurts Super Bowl f- That's 56. 56. Sorry. My fault. Yeah. Because they're winning next year. Yeah, 56. Uh, the Eagles win will win their second Super Bowl title in Eagles franchise history and NFL history. Ooh, Andrew, that, listen, that's that's kind of big. And yes, it was 52 over to 56. But, so, but to say Listen, I don't believe they were going to Super Bowl this year. Andrew don't believe Crokin, we're going to Super Bowl. Andrew Crokin, I love your passion. I'm going to respectfully disagree. I don't see the Philadelphia Eagles making it to the Super Bowl this year, whether Jalen Hurts improves, whether he stays the same, or whether he regresses. The Philadelphia Eagles just have so many holes to fill on this team. Maybe they get a little bit better because they're playing a last-place schedule, but but that's about it. The question that I would love to pose to the three of you at this point is, do we believe that Jalen Hurts is truly the answer moving forward? Because if he is, then you stay with him for the next five to ten years. If he's not, do you pull the plug now and try to scoop up one of these quarterbacks, whether it's Zach Wilson or Justin Fields or Trey Lance or anybody else in the draft? 
I'm not so confident that Jalen Hurts is going to be the answer. Well, Andrew uh, needs to put Andrew needs to put the bottle down first of all, because um, I just that Eagles are not winning a Super Bowl this year. They're not winning it next year. They're not winning it in three years. The thing about Hurts is, if they feel like he's right for whatever system Sirianni is bringing in, then they're going to stick with him. Now, if Sirianni, after this year, doesn't feel like he's the guy for his system, then where do the Eagles go? But like you said, Sherm, there's so many holes in this team. And again, you know, I played quarterback in high school. And if if you don't have the people at your disposal, Bino Cook used to call it material. If you don't have the material around you to be successful as a quarterback, you're going to press, you're going to try and do things you normally don't do. And, you know, it's it, it's just a different mindset. And I have a few. Now, Hertz is battle-tested. You know, uh, Nick will tell you, you know, he went to Alabama. He had to deal with what he had to deal with there. He got through it. Then he went to Oklahoma, was successful at Oklahoma. You know, so he he's not going to let anything bother him. So I think that Hertz is more tailored for a city like Philly because he can handle the heat. He can handle the pressure. But again, if after this year that Sirianni and the organization don't feel like Hertz is going to fit what Sirianni's trying to do, a la golf out in LA, he wasn't going to cut it anymore. And um, um, I'm forgetting uh, the, the, the Rams coach name now. Um, McVay. Right. They shipped him off, brought Stafford in, because Stafford probably is able to do a whole lot more in that system than what golf was able to do anymore. So um, do I think Hertz is the answer? No, but Hertz is along that same mold as Baker Mayfield. Um, you're just going to have to wait and see. Like Nick said earlier, they've got film on Hertz now. Um, he's great with his feet, his, his arm, his arm strength, eh. You know, he sort of has that Chad Pennington kind of arm as far as I'm concerned. Right. So you just, you're just going to have to see where this year leads. And then if the organization and Sirianni decide, well, we might want to start looking in a different direction than we see. Well, I, was, I think for Jalen Hurts, I think there is a good upside to Jalen Hurts. We, we'll see it this year, barring that we have everything normal this season. Minus, of course, there'll be a lot of people will be in, in the clubhouse, all the good fun stuff when it comes to the NFL season. But – I think there's a little bit of an upside to Jalen Hurts. We, we can kind of see it in the little four games they had last season. I think give him a full season. Will I say, Sherman, is he the answer at this point? I'll probably agree with no, but, and I'll leave the kind of big but, no offense, in the room that he could by midseason. I'm not saying he's going to be the most outstanding quarterback. He, he won't be anything like KC's Q, you know, QB, Patrick Mahomes. But I think he, with the pressure that he knows that he can be under, the way he holds himself and his own composure, I think he'll be just fine. I think if the, if Jeffrey Lurie didn't believe in him, would we be looking for another quarterback right now? And who's to say? Because the rumors were that he was he was told when he came onto the organization was you're here for the moment, but you could possibly be a, a you know a trade bait for the most part. So it'd be interesting to see what they're going to do with Jalen Hurts. Nick, I know before we went on the show, you talked about an interesting take as far as what the Eagles would have to do in order to move up to get Trevor Lawrence. So I, I want to leave that up to you because I know you had a, a, a 
great information there if the Eagles were even to attempt to get Trevor Lawrence. Well, so I saw a mock, I saw like a mock trade on on Twitter, and someone said that uh, that the Eagles would have to give up their first this year, their first next year, and then the first in twenty twenty three to even have a chance to move up number one and take Trevor Lawrence. Um, do I like the move? Eh, I don't know. It really depends on what Nick Sirianni uh, likes to do, um, but I think I think Jalen Hurts is he could be the man for a couple years here. I mean. You know, the Ravens like Lamar Jackson, and mm-hmm. Lamar Jackson has a very similar play style. I mean, obviously, Lamar is a lot faster. He's a lot more athletic, and, you know, he's Lamar, and he does the, the trust and all that stuff. But I uh, I think Jalen can be there for a couple of years. I think they can try the whole spread offense, you know, power run, you know, use four different running backs and try to, you know, beat teams on the ground. But I, I think Jalen Hurts could be a great solution for about five, five, six years. Let the Eagles try to build up that defense again. Um, and then once that defense is built, you know, you go in, take a quarterback, pay that, pay your defense up and have your quarterback on a rookie contract. Cause we all know that's, that's been huge for a lot of teams success. This is, this is, I'll just interject real quick and then I'll sure. shut my mouth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what I'm afraid for Eagles fan Sherm is this. You saw what happened in Dallas last year with Dak. And then everybody was like, oh, my God, Dalton's a great backup. You know, he's got the experience. He's been to the playoffs. You know, he couldn't do squat with that receiving core. And Zeke, imagine if Hurts gets hurt, and now you've got Flacco coming in as the backup. Everybody saw what happened in Dallas. What do you think is going to happen in Philadelphia? Right. If the same similar situation happens. If Hertz goes down and Flacco comes in and it's the same thing that would happen with Dalton last year, holy hell, the city's going to go nuts. Oh, I agree. They're in trouble for the next couple of years. I've said it on this show multiple times. I think that Nick Sirianni is ultimately going to be a scapegoat in this town because I don't think, as Ryan said, the Eagles are not going to the Super Bowl this year. They're not going to the Super Bowl in two years from now. They're not going to the Super Bowl in three years from now. And in three years from now, when people are like, Nick Sirianni, what have you done for us lately? It's really not his fault because there's just so many holes on this team. I've been saying all along, Eagles need to go offensive line. Jason Kelsey is not going to be around forever. Lane Johnson is not going to be around forever. And I know that there's some young pieces that are on the team right now. But you build that offensive line, and no matter who the quarterback is, you protect that person and give that person time to throw the balls to receivers, and that's how you get better. I always think back to the St. Louis Rams when they drafted Orlando Pace, and that was the beginning of a beautiful relationship out there. Yeah, I, I know we've talked before, and, and obviously Nick Foles is not coming to Philly, so I don't know how many people believed that somehow or another there was going to be this magical trade from Chicago to Philly and everything else. But I, I want to ask you guys, if, if you're Nick Foles, are you insulted that you went to Jacksonville, basically they gave up on you for that mustache character that's down there that I don't even believe is going to do anything, and he didn't do anything with the Jaguars, and that's why they're pursuing Trevor Lawrence. I, I don't even know if he's going to hang around or not. Maybe, I don't know, maybe he'll, he'll, he'll take John Holmes' place for all I care. So Garnum Minshew wasn't the answer for, for the Jags. You got Nick Foles that was moved from down there in Florida, in Jacksonville, went up to Chicago. Being in Chicago now, Mitch Trubisky, of course, he's gone. He's the backup quarterback to the Buffalo Bills. So – if you're Nick Foles and you're wondering, all right, am I the starting quarterback? Am I the backup quarterback? How bad do you feel for Nick Foles where he continues to get bounced around, basically almost like a puppet on a string? So, Sherman, I'd like to get your opinion first. 
I think that Nick Foles recognizes that he's ultimately a backup quarterback who just had a fantastic playoff run when the Eagles won Super Bowl 52. Look, he went down to Jacksonville. He broke his collarbone. Is that his fault? Is he brittle? No, not necessarily. Blame the offensive line. He went to Chicago, played that Monday night game against Minnesota, if I recall, got slammed to the ground at the end of the game, injured his shoulder, and was out. Now, look, is that the fault of a quarterback being too brittle? Well, it depends on who you ask, because if it's Carson Wentz who's getting injured, you can guarantee that everybody in the Delaware Valley is going to be, see, Carson Wentz is brittle. Nick Foles recognizes that he is a backup quarterback who had a fantastic run. I don't think he's insulted. If Chicago decides to keep him, especially with Andy Dalton at the helm, at the helm you got to think that Nick Foles knows that you know he'll get a chance at some point during the year. And if Nick Foles moves to another team to move a clipboard, you know, I don't think that he would be too averse to that neither. So I don't think he's insulted. He's a paid professional. He knows his role and he has that Super Bowl ring. True. Go ahead, Nick. Ryan. No, go hey, ahead, well, Nick. I, I don't feel bad for him at all. I mean, he makes how much money? Like 20 something ridiculous million dollars. I mean, I'll take $20 million to, to sit on the bench and watch someone else play quarterback. And like you said, he's got a ring. He's got just about everything. Um, I'm not sure if he's married or if he has kids, but I mean, he's he's really got it all, and he could probably buy this entire you know dorm building if, for all he cares. So I don't feel bad for him at all. I'm curious to see uh, how he ends up doing in Chicago because Chicago put on Twitter that Andy Dolan's QB one. So Nick Foles is going to get a say. He's going to chill for a little bit, and uh, maybe the Eagles will call him and uh, be desperate for the uh, for the good old times. That's true. I, 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 again, I, I mildly feel bad for Nick Foles because, yeah, he he wants to be a starting quarterback. Sherman, you're correct as far as him, he's not. As much as we love Nick, don't get me wrong, Nick, you're 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 just not the starting quarterback. I don't know. Maybe, well, I it, everyone knows that Jacksonville now. I guess we can't say that any longer. Where quarterbacks and players go to die because now they're they're finally changing the mindset. Unless they go to London, which apparently that was supposed to be the newest landscape. When the NFL was going over to the European side, the Jacksonville was going to end up becoming the London Jaguars, and it, it could still happen. So Nick Foles, I feel bad for the guy because he, you know, it's tough to be – you come to a team and you you put your heart and soul into it and you believe it's going to happen. Mitch Trubisky walks away, and now you're feeling really confident, like I'm the starting quarterback. But then now the air, again, is let out of your bubble because it's like, well, Nick, yeah, we got you. We see that you're a starting QB, but maybe not necessarily because we're going to see how the draft ends up taking place. So – who knows? I don't know. But Nick, you know, just keep your head up as you tell everybody else and let's see what happens. Great things can happen to you. We don't know. Joey B, uh, comment says the Eagles are better off going after a proven bad weather quarterback. Like from the Big Ten, cold, windy, humid conditions. A late round pick, take a flyer on a Big Ten backup like New England did with Brady 20 years ago. And just remember, this past year, Nick Foles did beat Tom Brady. Right. I don't remember. Was that a Thursday night special, a Monday night game? Yes, but Nick Foles was, did beat Tom Brady. Sure did. He sure did. <laughs> Joe Sharp and Joe, how you been? Uh, Jalen has the potential to work on his arm a bit more and fix his mechanics. Lamar is incredible, but he relies on the middle of the field, and he doesn't throw to the outside as much. I don't want Hurts to be stuck at the ceiling without at least trying to develop more. That's a good comment there. And then uh, Joey Biss's bottom left guy may look like the bottom right guy after a few years doing this show. <laughs> Once again, yeah, I love Joey B from Colorado. <laughs> this, 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 is, this is what I'll say about Foles, and it's like Sherman was saying. He, he had his 15 minutes in the sun. Right. He had a great playoff run. But look at the team that he had around him in 2017. 
It was a fantastic Eagles team. They went to the Super Bowl and won that Super Bowl. Collectively as a team, they were a really, really excellent football team. So then he goes off and gets his money in Jacksonville. Now, a lot of people don't remember when he went to Jacksonville. Jacksonville was on the downside. They had a fire sale that year. Everybody wanted to Mm -hmm. bolt. Um, They did lose a lot of people. And unfortunately, Foles got hurt. And let's 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 be honest. He has a propensity for getting hurt. You know, he does get hurt a lot. You know, lost his job. It didn't go the way he planned in Jacksonville. And then he went to Chicago. He was a starter. We're not the starter, but I mean, Trubisky did do well, you know, but then they brought Foles in and, you know, Foles had a little bit of. Chicago doesn't have a whole lot of talent either, you know, so I've always said, barring the injuries, I would always wonder what Nick Foles would look like if he had an abundance of talent around him to take a lot of pressure off, just like what they surrounded Daniel Jones in New York with now. It'd be interested to see if they surrounded a team like that or a team uh, like the Giants had, if they surrounded uh, Nick Foles with that type of talent, if he'd be a different quarterback. And I would say yes, barring the injuries. Great point. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'm not starting to feel so bad for Nick, but no, it, it's true. Listen, either way, we're fortunate that we did have Nick Foles here to win the Super Bowl for us. Uh, again, Super Bowl 56, I, I don't see it. I think it'll be a good while before the Eagles actually get their act together because it is – listen, Harry Roseman is going to have to make magic happen this year more than any year that he's been with the Eagles. And if he has – I'm just wondering, Sherman, if Howie Roseman tanks the draft – Will Jeffrey Lurie still feel the same for him come the 2022 season? Well, I don't think that you can say that a GM tanks the draft after one year. You got to give these players an opportunity to play for three, four years in the league. Look at Jalen Rager. Everybody's already calling him a bust because of the fact that Justin Jefferson was so much better in Minnesota. And in the long run, maybe Justin Jefferson will be the next Randy Moss and Jalen Rager will work out to be Nothing. But that's really unfair to Rager. He got hurt. There was all this drama with COVID going on this year. Give the guy a chance. If he doesn't perform well after two years with Hurts as his main quarterback, then we can start to say, you know what, Howie, you messed up. How good do we think how good do we think Justin Jefferson would have been with Carson Wentz last year with the terrible offensive line? Could be a totally Different situation. So whatever right. pick, whatever pick Howie makes at number six, we're really not going to know if it was a bust or not for three years. So I think Howie's going to be good at this point. Unfortunately, whatever pick Howie makes, there's going to be a ton of haters out there saying, hey, you didn't go offensive line. Hey, Jalen Hurts really isn't the answer. Why didn't you go after Justin Fields? Hey, why didn't you go after Pitts? Hey, why didn't you go after one of these wide receivers from LSU or Alabama? So whatever way he goes, he's in the doghouse. But, you know, give it a couple years. We'll see. Ryan Neff said it fantastically. The Eagles are not going to the Super Bowl for the next three years at least. So, you know, let's try to develop these players, which is why I say to everybody listening out there, when the Eagles are picking at number six, you have to go offensive line. And if you trade down, you have to go offensive line. You have to give protection to the quarterback. Ryan F is a former high school quarterback, knows it. You have to protect the most important asset on the field. Yep. 
That's true. Very, very true. And 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 we know that Fuji's on assignment. Fuji must be just <laughs> pulling his hairs. I just want to let you know, Sherman. Somewhere, wherever Fuji is, is probably pulling his hairs. I'm like, oh my, I wish I was on there. I I, I can just imagine Vito going absolutely crazy. So hopefully uh, Fuji will come back with some great information for us because he is on assignment at least uh, for the next week. So uh, he, he's going to go absolutely ballistic. But Joey B says, Nicholas, your boy Renfro, heck of a player in Vegas for the Raiders. Then very that, true. Another Very that's a great true. facility out there. Uh, Very true. Missed that one here. And Joey Thank says that Nicholas, who are the worst fans in the ACC? Um, I personally hate UNC fans. I am calling you Ooh. out. My youngest brother is 12 years old. Uh, he is a UNC fan. I don't know why. Um, he loves his Tar Heels. I hate the Tar Heel fans. I hate Duke fans as well. <laughs> oh, um, no. something, about, something about Duke fans just makes me upset. Um, but other than that. I mean, the rest of the ACC is kind of just there. So, oh, um, you would say Florida State. Flor ah, no, see, Florida State's like bad at everything right now, except basketball. <laughs> and Clemson's not good at basketball, so I, I, I really couldn't care less what they're doing over there. Um, but yeah, UNC, Duke, I hate you both, and uh, go Tigers. <laughs> Adam Bates disagrees. Says go UNC, and uh, it, I hate the. Well, Joey B also says that Sherman versus Nicholas. Hello, <laughs> here we go. So uh, listen. <laughs> So we and Sherm the Duke guy along with me. So uh, yeah, um, it was fun with Nick, but we'll have to let him go because he says he doesn't like Blue Devils. And uh, well, that's what no, I. No, we, we love <laughs> rivalry around here. So while we're talking college for a minute, can we just give some mad respect to the Pac-12, who's nine and one so far in this college tournament? I don't think anybody yeah. would have thought that USC and Oregon and UCLA would have had the success that they've had so far in this tournament. Oh, yeah. In the in the Big Ten, it might be time to call them the fraudulent ten, as Ryan's been telling me all week. <laughs> Illinois, gone. Iowa, gone. Just an absolute train wreck out there for two teams that really – I had Illinois versus Iowa in the final. Like, I don't know. What a, what a joke. Jeez. I absolutely agree. It's, it's amazing. We're going to get to the bracket a little bit later on as well. But it is amazing who's been knocked off. I mean, who did – what was it when – when? Uh, good Lord, who is our Cinderella team? Oral, Oral Roberts? Yeah. Who, beat a, who beat another Big Ten team in Ohio State in the first round? Right. Yeah. So they said it was 5.3 million perfect brackets were busted when they won. So that, listen, that's – I don't know how many people end up doing I, – I know it's in the millions. Don't get me wrong. But if one team can bust that many people, that's insane. And I would never have thought it. Who? No one thought that Oral Roberts was, was going to be doing anything whatsoever. But that goes to show you, you never know, who, you know who's, who's who's time to move up in NCAA. I want to shout out my mother. She uh, she actually picked Oral Roberts to win that game because Mom. she is smart like that. So shout out mom. Mom listens to Joe Landari and yes. Joe was mom. on it. And mom mom loved the pick. So mom picked nice. Oral Roberts. But they have a really good uh, point guard right now. Number one scorer in the country. And I'm excited to see what he can do in the Sweet 16. Well, listen, and that's the case, then, uh, Mom, we need you to, to make the picks for the Sweet 16. Let us know. We're just inherently in here. We'll figure out what's going on. So, uh, you know, let us know. We'd, we'd appreciate it. But uh, And also, your, your grandfather, Peter, correct? Yes, yes. So another – and I know you were mentioning it when we were talking not too long ago that he he's very uh, – what was the word? He's looking forward to your success in the future and a huge fan of you. Yes, yes. My grandfather, uh, Peter, I, I call him Pop. Um, big fan of mine. I know he's listening right now. So, Pop, I'm a big fan of yours as well. Hopefully you're enjoying your dinner. Um, 
<laughs> and uh, your bracket is horrible, by the way. He told me he used uh, 538 to make his picks. And apparently 538 told him to pick Illinois, and they lost right away. So, Welcome to the club. Yeah. <laughs> oh, wait a minute. Hold on. Kyle, I, um, I'll get back to your comment here. Speaking of, there's the answer. <laughs> So again, Mrs. Lacey, by by all means, you know, again, if if you just want to let us know, you don't have to put it out there so everyone doesn't have to know, but let us know because it would be great just to see who your picks are. I I would love to see how close you are to actually not in the Sweet 16 and then to see who your actual, who you pick to win it all. So we'll, 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 Nick, we'll find out off air after it's all said and done. Uh, Kyle, to go back, he says, what are the keys for Villanova to take down Baylor? I guess we'll get into it in, in a little bit again, but uh, I know Sherman. I guess I'll, I'll I'll pass on the question to you. Yeah, I think most of the things that I say are going to be pretty generic, so don't <laughs> chop me down. Villanova is going to have to win the rebounding battle. They're going to need to play exceptional defense. They're going to need to hit their shots. And I think any person, whether you are a basketball analyst or not, is probably going to say the same thing. I think Villanova is well coached. They're a number five seed. Remember, this show tonight was brought by the number five, right? Uh, I think that they can compete with Baylor, but I, I don't know. I think in the long run, Baylor will probably win the game. Would I be able to name you the starting five for either team? Absolutely, positively not. But I will go back. I'll go very generic. If Villanova wins the rebounding battle, if they hit their threes and they play good defense, they can keep this game pretty close into the second half and potentially yeah. win the game. I try. I think Villanova's got, I mean, a bigger edge. And who knows? Maybe Baylor would be that Cinderella team like Oral Roberts. I don't see it happening. I think uh, as far as Villanova, they, they've been defensively, they've played so far well in the in the bracket here. In the, in, compared to last season this season, obviously they don't want to go out as they did last year. I think Villanova, for, for me, as long on the defensive side of the ball, the mental mistakes as they've done before in the past – end up hurting them. But yeah, I Sherman, what you said, and again, we're not all experts here, so I you know don't take our word for it. But I don't see Baylor taking out Villanova. I see Villanova advancing um to the Elite Eight. For if, entertainment if, purposes only. For <laughs> entertainment purposes only. There you go. Uh Joey B says the fraudulent 10 LOL. And uh, by the way, it is mom an actual Chicago Bears fan? No, no, no. My mom picked Baylor. Uh, Baylor Bears. The Baylor Bears, the number one. Baylor Bears, number yeah, one I seed. Yeah, I, I my, saw that, but I was just just wondering if your mom happened to be a Bears fan as well. Absolutely not. My mother okay. knows nothing about football. Um, we actually, it's funny, <laughs> especially like when Drew Brees and Tom Brady and Peyton Man, they're all playing. I'd say, hey, mom, who's that? And she'd be like, I don't, uh, Drew Brees, and it'd be like Tom Brady. And I was like, no, <laughs> you're wrong. Oh, and <laughs> speaking of Drew Brees. <laughs> If I'm not mistaken, he went to Purdue. Another one from the fraudulent ten who lost in the fraudulent ten. Yeah. To, to, to North oh, yeah. Absolute oh, yeah. disgrace. <laughs> well, well, going back to Baylor here, um, Villanova needs one guy, and his name is Connor Galepsi, but he is down in ACL. So Baylor's got some great guards, and their front court is kind of nasty. And Villanova, they're gonna have to rely a lot on Jeremiah Robinson Earl to uh, put up some points and. He's probably going to have to have at least at least a 30-piece if Villanova is even going to have a chance to get out of this game. Yeah, that is true. And and the other two picks I want to talk about here momentarily, for, at least from free agencies that we end up receiving, was uh, the former Vikings, which a lot of people seem to, to end up really liking Anthony Harris. And he got a $5 million deal for one year. And supposedly, if things, if, if things end up working right with Anthony Harris – 
The Eagles could potentially sign him for three years. Again, it's, it's all rumor, as we all do here during free agency period before, you know, the draft starts. So I don't think the Eagles did a bad thing by, by grabbing Anthony Harris. Obviously, a lot of experience. Um, it, it loves the ball. I I think it's better than Andrew Adams. Please don't shoot me because, again, that, that's the other free safety they picked up for a one-year, $1.12 million deal. Um, but I do like Anthony Harris. I think there's, again, there's a bigger upside to him uh, than it would be what we currently have in our corner. So it, it I think the Eagles did well with uh, Anthony Harris. So, Ryan, I'm not too sure if, if you know the man or not, but uh, smart move by the Eagles. I mean, he's he's – He's not like an out of the out of this world type player, but he 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 is a really good player from what I've seen of him in the past. From what I've seen of the Vikings, anyway, um, you know, and I just think that um, you know it is it is a it's a hell of an upgrade from what they have. Um, so, and uh, I think he wanted out of Minnesota because we also Minnesota's defense looked like that or looked like last year. Minnesota used to have one of the top defenses in the league, and now they're starting to tail off a little bit. They're starting to get a little bit older. Um, but he's still, you know, relatively in between, still sort of like, in, you know, where he should be, probably at his prime now. So I think it was a really – this is one of the pickups by the Eagles that I actually did not have a problem with. Okay. Jeremy? Well, I, I think his stock will ultimately be a little bit inflated just because I think the Eagles are going to be losing more games than winning more games. And at the end of football games, teams tend to run out the clock. So he won't be relied on as much to cover the wide receivers who are out there. So with that being said, you won't hear as much of him getting burned on so many plays. So I think that that may make them a little bit overrated. But just like Ryan said, you know, it, it's better than what they had and the price was right. So let's roll the dice with him and see what he can do for one year. And hopefully if he earns his keep, we'll stay around for another couple of years. But don't be shocked if his stock is a little bit inflated for the football gurus who are in here. We understand that when te- when teams are winning football games, they run out the clock by running the ball and you won't see Anthony Harris as much. Nick? Well, I love I love the pickup. I think um, whatever the Eagles decide to do at six, if they take a receiver, if they take a tight end, they take Pitts. I think he could be a good guy to uh, you know give him the work a little bit, shove him around a little bit in practice, show him really you know what the NFL is like. And they also have that pick at thirty-seven, and there's a lot of great corners going right around the you know that thirty to forty range. Um, and I think you know he could develop them, help them out. Just try to, you know, just try to be that that uh, that guy that the young guys can rely on for uh, for football. And I think he's going to be a great uh, signal caller in the back end and helping that team out. You know, making sure that they don't burn on a highlight play or anything like that. But I think Anthony Harris is a good pickup, and I'm excited to see what he can do for that team. Yeah, I'm very sure. I'm going to get to to, uh, to Peter coming here momentarily. I see Rob James checking in. So Rob J, uh, yo, what's going on? And we and again from Cleveland's finest podcast. Red line label, if I remember correctly. So, Rob, what's going on? Uh, fun to be with you guys last night, uh, talking music and and stuff in general. So, uh, and I was telling Rob J actually because, of course, the draft is going to be since we're talking football here. It's going to be in Cleveland. I was saying to Rob last night that they should get a either a band together because if you guys remember when if the draft was in uh, 2017 there in Philly. They had bands. They had DJs. I mean, they, they did the draft up really nice, but uh, supposedly there may not be any bands. And I would think they would because 
the draft is supposed to be surrounded by the Cleveland Hall of Fame of rock and roll. So how do you not have a band? And again, I get it. It's COVID. I know vaccination and so on and so forth. But an outdoor venue that you can put people, I don't know, 50 yards away from each other. Why not have a band, especially in Cleveland, the home of the you know, Hall of Fame rock and roll? I, mean, I, I don't know. That was just my take on it. So thought that, sorry. See, I was wrong. Red Label. Sorry. <laughs> I apologize. Red Label. So thanks for uh, correcting me there, Rob J. But Peter. He said, thanks for a shout-out, Nick. Joey B, shut up. LeBron started in the NBA at 18. Didn't shave yet either. How about uh, Kobe? And speaking of, does anyone – and I know I mentioned this not too long ago. When anybody goes to throw anything away, piece of paper, a bottle, or anything else, like me, does everyone still say Kobe when they try to make it in the basket? <laughs> or is it just me? Nobody? Wow. No, I I've done it depending before. Depending on the situation, depending on the situation, you know, yell a little Kobe and, and uh, you know, do do his little thing. It's a fun time. But uh, I do shave, by the way. I, I I do shave. I do want to clear this up. You all have great beards. I do shave. I I've chosen that as a college <laughs> student, I should keep the face clean. I can grow a pretty nasty beard, and you could ask my parents. You could ask the people around me. It gets pretty. It gets pretty gross once it hits about week six, week seven. So. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it does. It happens. Uh, Joey B says, uh, Peter, listen. Uh oh, no. And he said it's it's called stick. So uh, those two going back and forth here a little bit. And Joey B, of course, always having oh, up having fun. Adam Bases, of course, that's the only thing you can do, uh, which is true. Adam Bases, uh, of course, yes. So yeah, I I just think it'd be, if, to me, I mean, if you're gonna have the draft again in Cleveland, why not? Have local talents. I put them out there. I mean, they did it, what, two years ago in Tennessee? Was it last mm -hmm. year? No, two yeah. years ago. Yeah, before, because last year was all virtual. So I, I don't understand why in the world they can't do it. But then again, what do I know? So um, the only other one that I thought was, of course, not Eagle-related, but the Giants getting Kenny Galladay. That was pretty big by the Giants. So Huge. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think – the Giants may end up looking like the winners, even through the draft. So that's what I was trying to say, Sherman. That even so, let's just say that you know. And and listen, we know that late round picks, you can find the hidden gems. So I guess what I was trying to get at earlier is let's just you know, I, if Howie doesn't do the exact homework on these you know blue chip players, on these guys that he know that they have great upside potential. That's where I was trying to get to, like some earlier, that I think for Howie, it would be almost kind of like the, the, the last draw. So the Eagles, as far as the draft, I'm not talking about after when they go into camp and everything else. Just the draft itself, to me, Howie would have to do the best that he possibly can this year with the draft. Yeah, I mean, I think that there's so many people who are against each other with who they draft. If they go offensive lineman, the haters are going to be out. If they draft pitch, the haters are going to be out. If they draft a quarterback, they're going to want Howie's head on a stick. Let me ask all the fans out there the following question. Would it be the worst thing in the world if the Eagles went 1-15 next year and got the number one pick for the next year's draft? They're not yeah. going to the Super Bowl anyway for the next couple of years. And I'm not saying to purposely tank, but as I've said on this show for multiple weeks, the Washington football team is getting better. The New York Giants are getting better. Dallas, and I know that their defense is atrocious, but they're getting better. They have so many weapons. And the Eagles are going in the other direction. I anticipate that the Eagles will end up being at the bottom of this division next year. 
Although I will mention the following because John Barchard from Last Out Media put a tweet out there earlier saying, what would be the better wager for entertainment purposes only? The Eagles plus 500 to win the division or the Philadelphia Phillies at plus 860 to win the division. And I said the Philadelphia Eagles only because of the fact that they're playing a last place schedule and it's a smaller sample space that they're playing 16, potentially 17 games next year. But In the long run, you have to think that the Philadelphia Eagles are going to end up in last place in this division next year. And if that's the case, they'll end up with another number six pick probably. And then all of a sudden, you know, if you have a Kyle Pitts this year or an offensive lineman this year and you get another blue chip guy in the draft for the following year's draft, maybe they become relevant in three to four years. Right. Uh, Rob J says coming from Cleveland, not the worst thing, LOL. And, and, uh, of course, the Browns, listen, the Browns are making some exciting moves. Don't sleep on the Browns. You know, it's listen, and and Nick, we so with Joe, um, just Joe from Cleveland Lions podcast here. When he does his sports segment, the one thing that we 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 stated for the most part was the Browns. They you can't take them as a joke anymore. We've seen the moves that they're starting to make. Baker Mayfield is coming into his own. I think it, as he matures, he's, as he gets older, he's starting to find out. Okay, what can I do? What I can do? But again, he's got to be surrounded by by weapons. Now, you have of course. Your wide receiver that it's been questionable once again will be you know obviously he left from the Giants, went to Cleveland. Now it could be a possibility again that he could be trade bait. So it's interesting to see what Cleveland's going to do this year. And and speaking of I guess of, of Cleveland, who do you believe the Browns will end up taking this year in the draft? The Browns pick at twenty six. They need they need something on the defensive side. I don't think they go offense. I think I think their offense is pretty pretty set. But uh, defensively, I think they could easily take a corner. Um, there was a corner out of Georgia. I, I can't think of his name off the top of my head who just ran like a 4-3-something 40. And it was like, okay, like he's cool. I think uh, J.C. Horn out of South Carolina, he'd be a cool pick. Um, and if they want to trade up, Micah Parsons apparently just had an amazing combine himself. And I know he's going top 10. So I think the Browns definitely have to go defense here, um, whether it's a linebacker or a corner. I think I think uh, that the Browns they're exciting. They got a great they got a great future no matter who they take. Are the Browns now the class of that division? Absolutely, absolutely. I think the Steelers lost a bunch of defensive starters, and the Ravens are uh, there's their offense is still shaky. I think we have more tape on Lamar Jackson. He's going to keep doing the running and the all that stuff. So I think the Browns are the class of the division. I I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns are the favorites right now to win that division. I, 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 I would definitely. What else is he gonna say? <laughs> <laughs> True, but listen, it's, I, I think it's one of those things that it, I think the Browns could take it this year. Honest to God, I, I think they've learned a lot from the seasons past. Um, again, you you can't make the Browns any longer the laughing stock. The only way that things would get screwed up, unless you know the NFL releases some weird. I don't know, divisional only games, which I don't see that happening because I know they're trying to limit the travel again this season like they did last season. I think the one thing that changed to the NFL, and Troy Vincent had talked about this, it used to be that you were out there two days. You would get there on a Friday, so you had basically that Friday night into Saturday to rest up to be game day ready on Sunday. But they, they're going by the theory that they believe it's going to be a Saturday night fly-in or Wednesday night or you know Sunday night, depending on, on one night of the of the week you end up playing. But I believe they're going to stick by that they're only going to fly in the night before. That way they'll be game day ready. So it's kind of hard because you figure if you're coming from the East Coast to the West Coast and you're flying on a Saturday night, 
that jet lag, I don't know how well it's going to end up playing out, but we'll see. But if anyone is tuning in right now, we thank you again, everyone, for watching. Of course, our sponsor of this program, Fans of Philly, the official sponsor of Broad Street South, go to fansofphilly.com. They have great travel packages, and it's just not for the Eagles. You got the Flyers, Phillies, and Sixers as well. They can put a great package together for you guys. Reach out to Joe at fansofphilly.com. And if you want to give them a call, it's 610-517-7171. 610-517-7171. And thanks to Fans of Philly for coming on as the official sponsor of Broad Street South. So uh, the next item that we're getting into, it will be our beloved Philadelphia Phillies, which they're still in spring training mode, and we know this. We got about a week away before they start making the travel up north. We know there's also some key injuries with the Phillies, so they're not quite done yet kind of being where they want to be at the moment. So uh, before I get into it, of course, we'd like to thank as well, Last Out Media. If you guys want to become a better podcaster and or broadcaster, or you've been out in this type of field before, and you no longer want to be on radio, but you want to have your own podcast, reach out, of course, to Last Out Media at lastoutmedia.com. And thanks to John, John, and Vince for the job that they do at lastoutmedia.com. As they say, they're always first in, last out, lastoutmedia.com. So we do appreciate those guys as well. So we, as Sherman stated, would like to come up with our own projected lineup when it comes mm -hmm. to the Phillies. They're still, <laughs> as Ryan Neff uh, makes his funny face here, but we know the Phillies, you know, they're, they're kind of playing a little bit right now as far as uh, down here in spring training. We know it's not going to be the best for them at the moment. Uh, JT still, of course, dealing with his thumb injury, but I do expect them to come back the first week. Well, he's going to go up to Philly. I think, personally, he should go to Philly just for opening day ceremonies, come back down to Clearwater, wait about another week or two. There's no rush to put him behind the plate because the last thing he needs to start off with an injury after we finally signed the guy – so that's just my deal, but we'll go through a lineup here of what we feel where the Phillies should be. And, of course, they're still trying to get their pitchers uh, lined up as well. And I'm going to take a couple here, more comments before we keep going on. The one, sorry, Joey B had Giants baby on. Before we go to the Phillies, Mark had a question. He said, what's the biggest hold the Eagles have? Sure. Uh, Defense. Yeah. And everything. Everything. Defense and all line. It's nice. See, yeah, I, I think defense is obviously the, the, the biggest hole that the, the uh, Eagles have that's kind of uh, not pun intended, but that it's the, the biggest one they have currently is defense. And the O-line is not looking any better, but, yeah, defense will have to be bigger. Uh, Joey B says, thanks again, Debbie, for all the work from the other room. Great show as usual. And she's always working hard, and that's exactly where she is right in the other room. Adam Bass, Bass sorry, uh, Panthers on the rise, which is true. You guys are, are looking for a future quarterback. And Tom says – Nice to see the fans back in the stands for a Phillies game as we get back into it here. Better chance to catch a foul ball. Uh, this is true. Just, this just, is just, true. just real quick, though, Angel, and I'll go ahead and read the comment. I want to ask you guys just a real quick question. Sure. Joey B says, well done, fellas. Solid. Nick, well done. The first gig, welcome aboard. Wait till Fuji comes back from vacation. Game on. <laughs> go ahead, Ryan. So, other than Miles Sanders, fellas, Okay. I know Boston Scott is a decent backup. Don't you think it would be wise for them to find a really, really quality backup mm -hmm. to complement Miles? They could, but again, you're talking about a budget that they're going to have to work with unless they end up restructuring more contracts. I, I don't know who you have even available at this point on free agency because it seems like all your, your basically your top picks 
on free agency has already been taken. But even even so, you'd almost have to trade at this point. And I know Zach Ertz has been a trade bait talk to this point. So I would think if you're going to get at least a veteran running back at somewhat hometown discount, you'd have to put Zach Ertz in the mix. Possibly, and, and maybe even Jalen Hurts, depending, again, what they end up doing the number six pick. So uh, great question, Ryan. Build the offensive line first, and Miles Sanders and Boston Scott's job becomes so much easier. You build that offensive line first, and don't worry about the running backs. As you said so eloquently earlier in this show, the Philadelphia Eagles are not going to the Super Bowl this year. They're not going in two years from now, and they're not going in three years from now. So they got to patch some things up. And to me, I say, even though the defense is the number one hole that they have, it all starts with the offensive line. Because if you believe that Jalen Hurts is the quarterback of the future, you do not draft the quarterback for more drama. We already saw what happened last year with that. Build that offensive line to build that wall and the protection for Jalen Hurts. Yeah. Well, well, the defense isn't that huge of a hole. I mean, Fletcher Cox is still, you know, he's still Fletcher Cox, and Brandon Graham is still nice. You know, they have a solid D line. It's they, it doesn't make sense to draft a backup if your starters are at the level of backups. So you might as well try to get more starters instead of more backups. That's just my opinion. All right. Well, Tom says, what about Mac to Cumberland Sanders, Ryan? Uh, I don't know. I just, when Sanders got hurt last year, we saw what happened. It put even more pressure on that. It put even more pressure on Wentz to do more than he was capable of. And I just, you know, there's more, more teams out there that have like, I mean, look at Cleveland, you know, you got Chubb and Hunt. I mean, if Chubb goes down, I mean, Hunt is a hell of a backup to have. You know, I, you know, look at what the Chiefs signed Le'Veon Bell for last year. And they didn't even use him. Right. You know, and the guy's still good. You know, I'm not saying that, that, that he would start for the Eagles, but he would be a hell of an insurance policy. And the Chiefs signed him for cheap last year. Here's the problem. The Eagles don't have any money. The yes, Eagles I'm... don't have any money to get anybody. Here's my Bob's Burgers Monopoly money throwing it all over. <laughs> they don't have any money to spend on these people because of the fact that Howie Roseman found a way to mismanage it. And you hear this story about the wide receiver from Kansas City talking about the fact that, like, hey, you know, I shouldn't have to adjust my contract. You know what? Popular opinion or unpopular opinion? I'm going to go unpopular opinion. He's right. He's a paid professional. If the brass from the Kansas City Chiefs say, sign this contract and this is what we're going to pay you, then they should honor that contract. They should honor that contract. It's not his fault that the brass doesn't know how to manage the money. And then two years later saying, oh, well, like, let's see if you can take a million-dollar pay cut because Joe and Bob and all these other people were doing it. No, it's not the way to do it. You should have right. thought of about it before. And the fact that management is able to get away with uh, dangling around these contracts with these players is really not fair to the players because all these players are one hit away from their careers being over for forever. We know about concussion protocol in the NFL, and not to mention the other sports as well. It's true. So Mark says, uh, should they trade their number one pick to get a couple of decent starters? Number six pick? Going to trade no. down to get more picks. Yes, that yep. would be the move. That would be the move. Sure would. Uh, Tom says, bring John Ritchie back out of retirement. Yeah. Yeah, and Mike Allstott too. Yeah. <laughs> but, I, but I will say this, just like Sherm said, you know, we, we last week we talked about Pitts and Chase and Devontae Smith. If, by some odd miracle for the Eagles, Sewell drops to six, you've got to take him. You have to take Sewell. Yeah. 
because he is he'll be the cornerstone of that offensive line for a mm-hmm. long time. I know he didn't play last year, but the kid's a stud. He's going to be a rock on that offensive line. If he drops to six, you have to take him. I don't see how there's any way the Bengals pass on him at five if he's available. Because the Bengals with Joe Burrow, I think, are in the same situation. So I don't see how they would pass on Sewell. But you never know. If they decide to go with the LSU connection between Burrow and Jamar Chase, right, maybe that's what they decide to do. And if Sewell falls to the Eagles at six, I'm right with Ryan. Offensive line. Nick, I, I want to ask you a question here because before we get into Phillies, actually there's two more things I want to talk about as far as what comes to the NFL. So Joe Burrow, do you believe he is – I kind of somewhat think that he is Johnny Menzel 2.0. Absolutely not. Uh, going in, going into the NFL, mm-hmm. uh, I was kind of like, it's like, eh, what are, like, what are we going to get out of this guy? Um, but after after watching him play, oh, how many games did he play? Like 10? Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm so, I'm sold on Burrow. I think he's got a lot of uh, good things to look forward to. I think Johnny wasn't very athletic um, coming into the league. It was a little bit slower. Uh, Joe Burrow has that kind of deception. He could, he can move a little bit. Um, he's not the fastest guy in the world, but he can definitely move, and uh, he can throw, he can throw the hell of the ball. So I am fully committed on Joe Burrow being the Bengals quarterback for the next 15, 20 years. Okay. And, uh, and Sherman, uh, the, the question, I'm sorry, not a question, but because you're wearing your jersey, right? <laughs> what didn't, there was a, 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 oh, Reggie White. Yeah. So looking for, um, you mentioned him beforehand about what would be the next jersey. What was he, the question you had? Yeah. So if you are a fan, of the Philadelphia sports teams. And I get it. I know that Ryan's a Kansas City fan. And I know that Nick down there in Clemson is a fan of Clemson. Even though, Nick, you'll have to share your story as to why you have Kansas City jerseys in the background. So if you could just if you could just tell that story real quick. Why are the Kansas City jerseys in the background? My roommate is from Boston. And he loves the Chiefs. And uh, <laughs> he loves buying Chiefs jerseys. So he's got the bell and he's got the Tyreek kill hanging out. There you go. So the question that I wanted to ask tonight to the fans out there and to the three of you as well, if you're a Philadelphia sports fan for any of the four major sports or all of the four major sports, what is the next current jersey that you're buying? George Hill. Sorry. Current players? Yeah, current players. I'm not talking about throwbacks, but if you had to pick one player in any of the four major sports – Whose jersey are you buying right now? Mm-mm-mm. Wow. And I think it's a tough question. You know, I think that some – I'd be curious to hear what the people in the audience uh, would say to that. A lot of people would probably say whoever the number one pick is, no matter what. Some people might say Jalen Hurts. Some people might say Joel Embiid or Ben Simmons, especially if the Sixers go on to win the championship this year. Maybe there's some Nolan Harper fans out there. I don't know. I think it's a really tough call right now. It's a really tough call. I personally think uh, the the Sixers just picked up a great uh, point guard uh, named Kyle Lowry. Wait, no, no, they didn't. They weren't able to get that done. But they, got, they, they did got George Hill from OKC. pick up George Hill and get a nice George Hill jersey. I think that would be awesome. But for real, um, definitely uh, Bryce Harper jersey. I think Bryce is the uh, is the man. Got that great trimmed up beard, and hopefully he can come back and make a really good showing out here in 2021. Yeah. Ryan, did you figure yours out? I would say Couturier. 
Sean Ontario, okay. He, just, he comes and plays hard every night. He doesn't complain. He's the leader for the team. I never see the guy take a shift off. He just, to me, Couturier is the Brian Dawkins of the Flyers. So, yeah, that's, that's yeah, that sounds about it all. I, and Sherman, you mentioned it to me, it would be Joel Embiid. And I think for the, and I, I don't have a Sixers jersey at all, period, other than, than Dr. J. And then we're talking about some years and years and years ago. Maybe even AI, I think I still, I still may have my AI jersey. Um, Joel Embiid, because he kind of reminds me a little bit of Charles Barkley. He's not as gifted as Barkley, I will say, but the mouth of Barkley in his younger years, Joel Embiid has minus all the crazier trash talking that Charles Barkley would do. But he has almost that Barkley heart, that mentality. Like he'll he'll come in and do his best, and he hates getting injured. Obviously, we hate to see him injured as well. But if, if I had to buy me a jersey, now currently from our existing teams, I, I'd go with Joel Embiid. I think That'd the person – I think the person I might go with right now would be Alec Bone. You know, hopefully he does not go into a sophomore slump. If he has a big year, if he has a big year, I think you're going to see a lot of his jerseys flying off the shelf. He's Jason Worth 2.0, only better. <laughs> okay. He wears the same number 28. He's got the same hairdo going. He's tall. He's lanky. But I think he has the potential to be better than Worth. And let's hope that he has a great season. Hey, well. Uh, we'll get into, I guess, the affiliate here lineup because I know we wanted to kind of go into the NBA trade line and, and the Sweet 16 bracket. I know we're about an hour and almost a half into the show here. So, Phillies, we know again, we're, we're going through the woes with, with the Phillies. We believe right now they have at least a contending team. Again, I think I still put them, if I remember correctly, earlier in the season when we talked about it, even before the Phillies showed up for spring training. I'm thinking at best. Third place team because they still have pieces that they need to go into the right places. And again, you're talking about July trade deadline. Then maybe they can make something depending on, on where they are in the season. I know April, everybody likes to make that fast push start in the month of April. And we'll see how the Phillies contend in the month of April. But again, it's a marathon, it's not a sprint, and they're playing 162 games. So, you know, I, I we've seen teams like the St. Louis Cardinals have tanked early on. And then come back plowing towards the end of the season when it needed to be. So we'll see. But so for me, if we're starting the batting lineup, I, I think for me, leading off would be Reese Hoskins. Whoa. Reese Hoskins. He's so slow though, isn't he? He is. He is, but you have between that and Sherman's favorite guy, Andrew McCutcheon. But I don't think you put Andrew McCutcheon in at at Unless, unless, which I mean, Abdul, there's there's no way at this point it would be a leadoff. But at least with Reese, it's 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 building off the confidence. And if I'm going one, two, three here, I'll go Reese, Andrew, Bryce. But I think with Reese, if you put him in there first, I think it's just it's the building of the confidence, and at least batting first. I could be completely wrong. I could be a complete idiot for all I know. But. For me, it's just building the confidence of Reese Hoskins. I think he has, again, a lot of potential. <clears throat> I think his bat can get hot when needed. Uh, during uh, Right now, in the uh, in spring training, I know he's trying to work on a bunch of different mechanics. And it's kind of hard because I think they've played, what, Mike Detroit? Who else? The Yankees? They've played three American League teams 12 times the Yankees so far. Right now. They're playing the Yankees right now. Right, in the night speak. game. And Didi had a, a three-run shot earlier in the game as well, if I remember correctly. But I, me personally, I, I put Reese up there. So I'm curious, Sherman, who would be your, your at least your leadoff? Well, I don't think there's any doubt in my mind that 
King Joe Girardi, and notice that I say that a bit sarcastically, is going to lead <laughs> off with Andrew McCutcheon. He's a grizzled veteran. He's won the MVP before with the Pittsburgh Pirates, and when he was with the Pittsburgh Pirates, he was fantastic. He's had a decent spring training. I think he's hitting about 275 this spring, but I don't think that he's the prototypical leadoff guy. He just doesn't have enough speed to be in that position. I know that last year he was dealing with some injuries, so his um, his slugging percentage and or his OPS was not the best. He does have pop in his bat. I would personally put cuts down in the number six spot. Take the okay. pressure off of him. Unfortunately, the Philadelphia Phillies do not have a true leadoff guy. The Philadelphia yeah. Phillies do not have a true center fielder. The Philadelphia Phillies, I'm not even convinced, have a true number three starting pitcher. We're all banking on Eflin being that guy. And if he is, fantastic. If not, Nola Wheeler's your one-two punch, and they're in a whole lot of trouble. I personally think the Phillies are going to be a sub-500 team this year, 77 and 85. The person who I would lead off for this team, and I know it's crazy because you would never think of putting him there, is Bryce Harper. He can hit home runs. He can run. He hustles. Pitchers are not going to want to pitch to him, so he's going to walk a lot. I know that you don't want to put $330 million in a guy who's going to lead off for the team. You want him smacking 40 home runs and getting 130 RBIs. But look what's happening in Atlanta with Ronald Acuna Jr. And I get it. I just looked at the stats, and Acuna's having a terrible spring. But these guys are all paid professionals. They're going to find a way to get it around. I personally would go Harper in the number one. Maybe an unpopular opinion. Why in the world would you ever do that? The reason I would do that, he can run, he hustles, he walks, he can hit home runs. That's that's why I would go at one. Okay. Sure. I love it. Sure. I love it. Bryce Harper had the best on base percentage of all the Phillies players last year at 420. So, and what is the leadoff player supposed to do? Get on base. I, uh, I, I like that. I like that punch. And I think Bryce would be a great number one. And I actually would put Alec Bohm number two. Uh, I know small sample size with him, but I think Alec Bohm, if you put him at the two spot, you can let him. You know, you let him work with a guy on base every once in a while. Maybe let him, you know, try his own thing and see what he could do. But I uh, I personally like Bryce, number one, and I like Alec Bohm, number two. And then number three, I'd put Real Muto because I think Real Muto is probably the best hitter in that lineup outside of maybe D.D. Gregorius. But I, I personally like that Bryce Harper pick at number one. Yeah, if he's healthy, JT will be a monster wherever you put him in a lineup. Let's just hope that he's all right. I know in his first game in spring training, he hit a home run. I think he has a couple RBIs tonight. So hopefully that thumb is not bothering him too well. But, Ryan, I saw that you had your clipboard down there with the lineup. So I'm curious. We're all curious to hear your opinion as to who you would put in that number one spot for the Phillies. Well, I mean, I've always been a bit you, – you, I mean, you guys are the Phillies fans, so you would know better than I would. But I've always been a big proponent of – Whoever hits the most consistently and whoever can steal you a lot of bases right off the get-go. So whoever that is for the Phillies, that's who I would plug into the number one is my leadoff. Um, as far as the rest of the lineup, I know you guys were talking about cut Sherm. I would have Gregorius and cut somewhere back-to-back 5-6. You know, you could interchange them. I don't have a problem with, um, you know, whoever you want to put in cleanup, whether it's Harper um, I don't know who else who hit cleanup for them last year. Um, but, I, you know, whoever the Phillies' top guy is hitting consistently and who can get on base a lot other than Harper, um, I would not, you know, based on what you were saying, you're going to pay a guy like that. I, I, I don't want him hitting first. And whoever can, whoever can get those extra bases for you right off the bat, who can steal second, like right, right off the bat. So that's what I would stick in the leadoff spot. And I think that the Phillies had hoped that that guy would be Scott Kingery. 
But mm-hmm. unfortunately, between last season and what he's done so far this spring, he's just not turning out to be the guy. You know, yeah. if Herrera slash Hazley slash Kingery could be that guy, that would be fantastic. Put that person up there. They have more speed than Harper. But look at what Kingery did last year. He was terrible. And Hazley didn't do too much better. And who knows what Herrera's going to do. I know he started off hot in the spring, but as I look right now at the box score – Right now, um, is he even in the lineup tonight? Oduvo Herrera. Yes, he uh, is. He's hitting. Yes, he's he hitting. He's hitting two oh nine. He's batting in the eighth spot tonight, and he's hitting two oh nine. So he is certainly cooled off. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what happens, and I hope that Joe Girardi has the presence of mind to make the adjustments as needed because there's no DH in the National League this year, and there's right. one less team that's going to get into the playoffs. I believe it's only six teams instead of seven teams. So these games are going to be so much more important, especially in the, in the beginning of the year with the 13 games that the Phillies play against the Atlanta Braves and the New York Mets. Or I would start off with Kutch just based off the experience. You know, start off with Kutch and see what happens. Yeah, yeah and I think I think that's what Girardi is going to do based upon the experience. Yeah, and I and before I get into the rest of the lineup here, I want to bring up two, two comments. One is Michael Terrazas from the Indianapolis Colts. Thank you for the comment, Michael, and and you will be back on. I, I sent you a message in case you didn't see it, but you will be back on with us here very momentarily because we want to know everything that's going on, of course, with Indy since all the back and forth between the Eagles, Nick Sirianni, of course, you guys getting our former QB that's going to be starting out there with you guys as well. So, uh, uh, Mike, just make sure you check out your Twitter because I, I did send you a message back, but thank you for the compliment. And uh, Mom says she'll be buying a Trevor Lawrence jersey. Now, see, what I was hoping was that – Nick would say the original story, which it's Trevor Lawrence's room. It was his teammate, and he was actually out at practice and was coming back. But, you know, it, it's okay. Things happen. That's why you understand it. <laughs> so now the only reason why, Sherman, I, I went with Reese right in the very beginning here because I, I the next couple guys I kind of shifted around and dropped only because is to kind of compliment if you're starting at the top with Reese – and he can't come through, then you start going into the clutch portion of the batting. So for me, fourth, fifth, and sixth would be Gene Segura, Alec Bohm, JT Romuto. And the only reason why I say it, because then if you're adding Didi Gregorius at eighth, and because just like you stated, when it came to Scott Kingery and possibly Abdul Herrera, so right now I got you know Scott Kingery at eighth. So to me, it's, it's almost – you got to look where the slack is going to end up being. And I know it's tough because let's just say Reese doesn't do well. In, or let's say Didi starts off with a base hit. Then you got followed by Kingery and Reese. Yeah, you can get into some trouble there. But depending on who they're going to put in the lineup. But to me, I'm looking at at least at your clutch hitting where you can produce more runs. Bryce will be awesome at obviously your starting lineup. But I think you're you're getting more of the balanced approach. And again, what do I know? Yeah, I think no matter where you bet JT Real Muto in the lineup, you just need to make sure that you give him the proper protection. And whether he bats three or four, the person who would be perfect to protect him this year, in my opinion, would be Alec Bohm. Now, later in the year, you might put Alec Bohm up above Real Muto so that Real Muto is the one who's protecting Bohm. But what I would say, if... JT is in the lineup wherever he is. You've got to put some protection behind him. And I say the person to protect him is Alec Bohm. Give him the chance. I know it's kind of hard to project a whole field of eight people in the lineup aside from the pitcher uh, for this lineup. Personally, I uh, I 
I, you know, I like JT. I like all that. But I think no one's talking about Gene Segura here. Like, he came from the Mariners. Like, you know, I'm pretty sure he got a nice chunk of change to be the second baseman for the for the Philadelphia Phillies. I'd like to see him return to form. And I think, you know, we were talking about leadoff hitters. I easily think Gene Segura could could be hitting, hitting one. And I think he could be – I think he's got to be a very important piece to this team. I think he's he's the one where it's – you right now you have about six guys that you can – rely on i think he if he can be that sixth guy i think you know the Phillies might be poised for an 85 win season but i think if uh if segura slacks off he bats about 250 240 the eagles are or the phillies are going to have a rough year okay right based based off spring training and the way he's performing right now not a lot of people are talking about roman quinn would you slide right. roman roman quinn in there more than not i would <clears throat> I would put so, Roman Quinn in there. So Roman Roman Quinn actually leads the team in and led the team in steals last year, stolen bases. So, you know, maybe he's uh maybe he's also prime for number one. But I, I personally think uh Roman Roman Quinn is gonna get his opportunities as they come, but we gotta be patient with him. He's he's a young guy and he's he's still developing. All right. So uh Ryan just asked a question. I know you had a little technical difficulty there, Sherman, but he was saying, would you slide in Roman Quinn? Because he's not he hasn't been talked about much. I think Roman Quinn is somebody who should be a bat off the bench. I think he should be a defensive replacement late in games. You know, you talk about a ninth inning where the Phillies are down one run. If you can get the leadoff runner on base, have him pinch run because he can fly around the bases and get to second base pretty quickly. And then if you hit a ball to the outfield for a single, you're pretty confident that Roman Quinn is going to score. Unfortunately, uh, it's almost like a Philadelphia theme. He's brittle too. He seems to get hurt at the uh, the drop of a hat. And, you know, you don't wish that upon anybody, but unfortunately so far in his career, he's been dealing with some injuries as well. Uh, I think that he's having a pretty nice spring so far, but it's going to be interesting to see what the Phillies do with that center field position right now. Uh, you know, there's still some decisions that need to be made, even though we're less than a week away until the Phillies' first game of the season. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's going to be again. It, there's so many different keys, different pieces of the puzzle still be to, to be put together with the, when it comes to the Phillies, and, and I think it, it'll be just fine as far as when it, it comes throughout the regular season. I, again, I still don't believe. The Phillies will win the division, but then again, we've seen the Mets start hot and end up tanking at the end. So who knows? I mean, the only good thing would be if the Phillies obviously do a vast improvement from last season. For me, it's I'm not saying that it's good enough, but it'll be at least a a move or a direction in the right step. So we'll see. But I don't know. I, I think that the Phillies will do just fine. I think Joe Girardi, to me, still I believe was the right pick for the Phillies as far as being a skipper and. I know some people don't agree with it. I think they, some people say they're washed up. He's not like he was with the Yankees, but to give the man time, I think he'll, I think the Phillies will be just fine coming up here in uh, in the season. And I know the Threshers, if keeping with the Phillies here, which is the low affiliate of Clearwater, um, the Phillies baseball team, they will try and get fans back in the stands as they release their schedule. So if anyone anybody wants to check them out, it's uh, theclearwaterthreshers.com. And they're going to release minimum tickets just like they did in the spring training games. And we're hoping, at least Debbie and I are hoping to get back to see at least some sort of baseball in some form or fashion down here uh, with the Loe affiliates as I'm losing my voice here a little bit. Um, Tom says, Nolis Wheeler, <clears throat> Eflin, after that, it's a toss-up. Good point. Yeah. Yeah. I'd be more worried about the 
relieved staff than I would be the starting rotation. They've definitely made some I, upgrades in the bullpen. Yeah, but. I just don't know how the the whole rotation is going to hold up for the whole year. Put it this way. I would I would say if the Phillies are somewhere six, seven, eight games over 500 by the time the All-Star break hits here, I'm, I, I, I'd say they have a decent chance at at least competing for a wild card. They're, but they're going to have to be somewhere in that range. If they're like 500 or a game above 500, um, I'm not saying they can't do it, but I think it'll be – they got a tall, tall task ahead of them if that's the case. Do they deal NOLA at the deadline if they're below 500? No. No. Keep him. Yeah. Yeah. Got to keep him. I think if you're going to get rid of, him, if, of anyone, depending on his production, would be Scott Kingery, if anybody. If you're going to use him for trade bait somewhere, because I, I just don't believe – might be the only guy that may not end up producing at all. And, and who knows if he even gets a nod going up to Philly here in another week. So, I don't know. It's going to be a lot of moves to be interesting to see what the Phillies going to end up doing. I'm pretty sure the chatter will get a lot stronger as we're seeing guys coming off the injury. So, and I apologize to anybody if I'm losing my voice here because it's been a long day and we're trying to get the show here wrapped up. But so now moving on to our next thing, which is of course the sweet 16 bracket. And we do have mom still hopefully online with us. And, and, and again, but I, I don't want her to say it as far as here. Because, you know, maybe we can do a little bracket on our own here after the show. So it would be great to see. And if you guys want to, and by the way, if you go to BroadStreetSouth.com, you guys can can reach out to us and give us your picks. Who do you think is going to end up winning between moving on from the Sweet 16 to the Elite 8 to the Final Four and then your, your final winner. So let us know. Go to BroadStreetSouth.com. That's BroadSTSouth.com. And uh, let us know that. way. So I'm going to bring up the bracket here so everyone can see. And you got – of course, in the Sweet 16s, I'll make it full screen here momentarily. <clears throat> in there is Gonzaga, Creighton, USC, Oregon. You got Baylor, Villanova, Adams, Oral Roberts. Just so everybody can see that, and then I'll bring back the screen as well. So you're looking between Gonzaga and Creighton. And Creighton's, I think, made it a little bit further, I would think, than what some other people had thought. I don't think I, I don't remember looking at Creighton because if no, I think we did pick them other than USSB, but um, I, I'm surprised as far as them being Ohio. But then again, I, I'm not an expert by any means. But if I had to go in between the two, I'm thinking that Gonzaga will end up taking it over Creighton. So, Sherman, I'll start with you for the next for that same bracket. Yeah, as much as I would love Gonzaga to lose, I think that Gonzaga is the pick here. They're still undefeated on the season. Uh, for entertainment purposes only, I think that this is <laughs> I, I think that this is the largest spread on the table at 13 and a half points. Creighton is a team who escaped UCSB in the first round by one point, as I recall, 54 to 53, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, I think that Gonzaga is probably the the lock to win straight up of these eight games this weekend. Not necessarily against the spread, but straight up, I think Gonzaga is the biggest lock to win this weekend. All right, go right down the line with Nick. That is for sure. I think Creighton, Creighton, if Creighton can hit shots, if they can catch fire and hit shots, because that's what they're known for. They're known for spreading the ball. Zagorowski is the man over at the point making all the decisions. But if, if Creighton can really hit their shots, and, and when I mean hit their shots, I'm being shooting 60% from the field, hit their shots, they have a chance to win. But Gonzaga's too good. They got, you know, two top 10 picks on that squad. And, and Drew Timmy's not that bad at all. And he's not even supposed to be a top 10 pick. So I uh, I personally think Gonzaga's going to win. And I would actually take him uh, by that 13 spread line. Okay. Ryan? What seed's Creighton again? Five. Uh, five. Yeah, five. 
And Just by the way, today's broadcast brought to you by the number five. Ah, 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 ah. <laughs> I was going to say Cookie Monster, but that's good by, by the count. <laughs> um, Gonzaga's a different beat. I mean, Creighton relies on the three a lot. Um, Gonzaga's a good perimeter defending team. I just, you know, this year Gonzaga's just—it's just—it's a different beast. Different beast. Forget it, Gonzaga, easy. Okay. Uh, next one be, of course, USC and versus Oregon. USC looks like they are the sixth seed. Oregon number seven. Um, I would like to say that USC could actually pull off the upset, but the way Oregon has been playing, I'm going to have to go with Oregon. German. I'm going with Oregon in this game, but you got to give props to the Trojans as they obliterated Kansas in that game. They won by over 30 points, if I'm not mistaken. It was an absolute beatdown, and they were the underdog. No, actually, I think they were favored by a point and a half, believe it or not, even though they were the sixth seed and Kansas was the three seed. But they just laid an absolute smackdown on Kansas, a Big 12 team. Uh, but now they play a Pac-12 team. Uh, they're both in the Pac-12, USC and Oregon. My favorite color is green, so I'm going Oregon. Right. Wow. Wow. I think USC – okay. So, so far what I've learned from this tournament is you're either you're either going to pick the best coach or you're going to pick the best player. Who has the best coach? Oregon, Dan Altman. Who has the best player? USC and Evan Mobley. With four minutes to go, I'd much rather rely on Evan Mobley to get me – 15 points in the last four minutes, then Dana Altman to outcoach them. So I'm going to take USC here, and I think they win by at least three or four. All right. Brian? Uh, I know USC blew out Kansas. This is not the same kind of Kansas team that's been in years past. Um, Oregon actually got, well, not a break, but Oregon got through the first round because of the whole pandemic thing with VCU. They got a little bit of an extra day's rest. Um, I think one person does not a win make with USC. I know Mowgli is one of the best players in the entire nation, but I've got to roll with Oregon. Okay. Wow. All right. Well, you know, I'm, I'm going to leave, of course, the hometown team for last. So uh, the number 15 Cinderella story here of Oral Roberts versus the number three Arkansas team. I do. It's it's one of those things. And uh, mom says USC for me too, so she agrees with uh, with uh, with Nick here. And and we'll see when it comes to Arkansas. Yeah, Arkansas beat Texas Tech obviously along the way in Colgate. I don't think and I don't see them being Oral Roberts. I don't know. Maybe you ride you know this wave that they're taking, but I I will go with Oral Roberts over Arkansas. Ooh. What? No. Wait. Are you, wait, really? Yeah. I'll take Oral Roberts over <laughs> Oregon. Even though, it's, it, it, even though it's insane. I know. Trust me. I'm no, I'm no expert whatsoever. But I think that Oral Roberts – You listen, no offense, but if you end up taking Ohio State and you took Florida, and, and I know Arkansas is on fire. Don't get me wrong. They had a great season. But I'm going to – and I, I believe – it. and who knows? It could be a last-minute bank shot. I, I'm, I'm just going to ride the wave and go Oral Roberts. Wow. Okay, I got to respect it. I'm going to take Arkansas. I think Oral Roberts faced zero NBA players in their first two games, and now they get to face Moses Moody. And Moses Moody is another top 10 pick, 6'7, uh, 6'8, six, six, can shoot the ball, can defend. 
I personally like Arkansas. I think Arkansas is like an 11-point favorite in this game. I would personally take Arkansas, and I think they're going to win by 20-plus. Wow, okay. Sherman? I'm going to go Oral Roberts in this game as well. I'm going to go Oral Roberts in this game to win the game on the court against Arkansas. Look, you got to love a Cinderella story, and here they are as they beat a 15 seed in Ohio State and then beat the the Florida Gators in the second round. Now they play another SEC team in Arkansas. And the biggest thing is they now have an entire week to prepare for this Arkansas squad. And even though they might not be as gifted as the players for the Arkansas team, I think that Oral Roberts will find a way to keep this game close as so many of these COVID crazy games have been in the NCAA tournament. I'm not saying that Oral Roberts is going to cut down the nets, but I think that the Cinderella story continues and I think that they're actually going to beat Arkansas just like Angel said it's going to come down to like some final bank shot at the end of the game I can see that happening and go Golden Eagles of Oral Roberts located in Tulsa Oklahoma (laughs) Ryan Arkansas also has a week to prepare they saw what happened to Ohio State they saw what happened to Florida they're not going to be surprised they're not going to be shocked it'll be close for a half but in the second half, Arkansas pulls away. Okay. Uh, I know Kyle had a question here. I'm going to bring it back. He says, do you think Syracuse should have gotten a better seed? Nick, I'll let you answer that one. Uh, personally, I mean, after looking at them now and Buddy Bayheim, I mean, probably. But their regular season, they were so poor. So I think they deserved an 11. And I think they were lucky not to have a first four matchup. That's true. Well, of course, the last one being Villanova versus Baylor 5. They're uh, Sherman. 5 versus the number one seed. And uh, listen, no offense to Baylor, but uh, I'm going with the hometown team. Even though I am a Duke Blue Devils fan, but I think the Wildcats take it over Baylor. Yeah, I think Baylor's going to win this game. I think that there's too much pressure on Villanova. Uh, and too much to overcome in this game. I think Baylor is the better team, and I don't think that Villanova is going to be able to do enough rebounding, play enough defense, and hit enough shots in this game to compete with Baylor. So I'm going to go Baylor as the number one seed. They're a number one seed for a reason. Villanova is a number five seed for a reason, and they were pretty good earlier in the year, but they kind of dropped off. They're dealing with some injuries, so I'm going to go with Baylor. It's not to be a hater on Villanova. Uh, They're in the suburbs of Philadelphia, so go Wildcats, but I'm going with the Baylor Bears in this game. Okay, Nick? My father, alma mater of Villanova, thinks Villanova is going to win this game. I am going to respectfully disagree. I think Baylor has probably a top three backcourt in the country, and Jared Butler and Davian Mitchell. And I personally believe that Baylor is too big. They're too strong. They're going to out-rebound Villanova. They're going to, you know, they're just going to beat him right, punch him right in the mouth, and Baylor is going to win this game, and I think they're going to win by a healthy margin. Ryan? Yeah, I think the rest of the one seeds, I think it was a wake-up call to see what happened to Illinois. Um, they all know what's in front of them now. Um, you know, Vill- Villanova's going to be game just because um, just because of Jay Wright. Um, you know, he'll, he'll have a decent game plan, but Baylor Baylor's just too good. How the hell they lost to Kansas, I'll never know. <laughs> Very true. So, another uh, list. Anything that happens, obviously, if we saw where the team of 64 started. We see where we are now at 316. Who knows who moves on to, I guess, the Elite Eight here. But it, it's going to be interesting enough to see what's going to happen this upcoming weekend. So who knows? I, I'm still just like Sherman. I'm sticking with Oral Roberts. I'm not saying they're going to take it all the way. And if they if, – listen, if they beat Arkansas, 
I don't know. Then maybe Nick, are are we talking something different? Uh, if they beat Arkansas, I will still take Baylor to beat them. So I will give them. A, <laughs> I'll give them their props. And to be fair, this Oral Roberts kid and Max uh, Abmus, he should be getting NBA looks because of his performance in this tournament. But I I just think they're just they're, there's just not enough size on that team, and there's just there's just not enough good players. And I think Arkansas is gonna you know, outmatch them and they're going to outsize them and out-rebound them. So. And in the bottom half of that bracket, because I know we didn't get to it, Oregon State and Syracuse. Book it. Oregon oh, State and Syracuse. I agree with you on Syracuse. I don't know how I feel about Loyola. Chicago is a different a beast with Cam Cotwig. Yep, that's right. I forgot about the bottom half. Don't mind me, folks. Again, it's been a long day. So, yeah, that's true. So, yeah, let's talk about it. So, you got Loyola, Loyola Chicago. And Oregon State. So, I'm sorry, Mike, who did you go with? I'm going Oregon State. Okay. Nick, who would you say? I'm going Loyola, Chicago. Cam Crowley's too powerful. Um, I'm going to agree with Nick on this one here with, uh, with Chicago. I'm taking them. And then uh, Ryan? Sister Jean. There you go. <laughs> Chicago. So, we'll see. Uh, Houston, Syracuse. I'll I'll stick with Syracuse. I don't think Houston can pull away with the upset with Syracuse. I think Syracuse takes it. Yeah, I'm going to say Syracuse as well. Houston had a pretty tough matchup against Rutgers. Rutgers should have won that game, in my opinion. Um, but they found a way to pull it out, and I'm going to take Syracuse in that game. Okay. Well, I'm going to take Syracuse as well. This is my bet of the weekend. This is Nick's entertainment picks. I am not old enough to legally bet, so you cannot blame <laughs> me for whatever pick you make. But Syracuse is plus 220 money line to win this game, and they are plus six against the spread right now. Jim Beheim six and two in his last eight sweet 16 appearances, and uh, Jim Beheim is Jim Beheim, and you know he he has a kid who's 20 at something up at at 75 years old. So Jim Beheim clearly just knows what he's doing, and Buddy Beheim is just going to keep hitting shots. Mom says do it for Sister Jean, so she agrees with uh, with Ryan there. Uh, and then uh, the last one being Michigan, number one versus number four, Florida State. Or no, sorry, did we get to USC, Alabama? My fault here. <clears throat> so, let matter of fact, we'll go Michigan, Florida State. Over Michigan? Over Michigan? Florida State. I'm taking Houston over Syracuse, by the way. That's right. I'm sorry, Ryan. No, no, you're good. I'm just – everyone's on Syracuse. I think they solved the 2-3 zone. I think Houston wins a close one. Okay. Uh, Michigan, Florida State. I'm going to go Michigan. I'm a Duke fan, ACC. So, seeing Florida State advance so far in the store, in the tournament, just out of uh, jealousy and envy, I will take Michigan. And, look, I'm not a Michigan fan either. Duke found a way to beat them in the 1992 finals, right, in the back-to-back years. Uh, when they beat Kansas and Michigan. So it's not like I have any love for Big Blue in Michigan. But, you know, I'm not going to root for Florida State either because they're a rival in the ACC. So I'll go Michigan, defend that number one seed. All right. Wow. Wow. I'm picking Florida State. And if the Eagles had the option to draft this kid at quarterback, they should be taking Scotty Barnes because that man throws times. Six nine, seven foot something wingspan. Can do pretty much everything on the court. Might have shoot. I'm taking Florida State to win. I think Michigan's going to be outmatched, and they don't have livers in this in this game. And I think uh, Florida State's got too much power, and they have so many guys that they like to run, so they're going to outrun them all day long. All right, Brian. Michigan. Okay. All right. Uh, UCLA, Alabama. 
another tough one to call here. Number 11 versus number two. I mean, I would love to say UCLA. It's been a while since Bruins has been up there, but Bama's looking good. I'm going to go with Bama. I'm going to go UCLA. Pac-12 power. I don't know how they've done it in this tournament so far. They're 9-1 in the tournament so far, the Pac-12 as a whole, and they're guaranteed at least one more win because USC is playing Oregon. And let's just make it another win this weekend when UCLA finds a way to beat Alabama. Three-pointer at the buzzer. UCLA wins a game. 73-70. Oh, man. Johnny Juzang and Hami Hakez are going to have to combine for 85 points if they even <laughs> think they have a chance against Alabama. I don't know if you watched the second half of that Maryland-Alabama game, but Alabama said, hey, let me hit some threes on you and just splashed it over and over and over and over again and wouldn't stop. I'm taking Bama to win this game. And uh, I'm hoping Johnny Juzan can ball out because I've really enjoyed watching him so far in this tournament. Right. Ryan? Bama is just too strong. I mean, they're on a mission. You know, I just <laughs> – they just have too much firepower. They're playing well. They play fantastic defense. Um, I'm going to take Bama over that school. When the fog lifts, that's what you do. You UCLA. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> UCLA when the fog lifts, right? I get it. I get it. It's all right. It, it, funny, and I'm pretty sure Arnold would have found that uh, joke pretty funny as well. So <laughs> we get it. Listen, uh, to everyone who tuned in, of course, Mom, uh, Peter, we thank you guys, along with Mark, Kyle, Tom, uh, who else? Rick, everyone who tuned in tonight. Thank you, Joey B., of course. To Vinny, AJ, before the show started, of course, the show's ended already, you know, after our show has been done here. Uh, it's been a fun two hours. We thank you guys, of course. Don't forget as well, I'm going to pop this back up here for Nicholas, our newest beat writer added to the team. And we thank Nick for coming on with us. Uh, again, a Clemson soon to be grad about another two years or so from now. But again, thanks to Nick for coming on board, our beat writer. I know I'm trying to slow down for you. I know it's three, but I'm just trying to say two years. Tuition's expensive, man. Exactly. I'm trying to give him the hometown discount. But thanks for Nick for coming on. Of course, you guys can follow him. And Nicholas Lisi and follow by the number one. So Nicholas Nelisi one. On Twitter. So please give him a follow. Obviously, you guys can see he follows tons of folks. I'm pretty sure it comes from the sporting world. So thank you for Nick for coming on. As well Absolutely. as everyone, take a look at our website here at broadstreetsouth.com. And after the show is over, if you guys can see here on the different feeds with the RSS feed, meaning that you can find the show on Google Podcasts, also on iTunes and Spotify. And you can always end up following the show as well on YouTube, Twitch, Twitter, and Facebook. So immediately after the show, We'll make it available for download so you guys and girls out there, if you're taking a road trip, like Sherman will be here during spring break. And I know you're not taking a road trip, but work with me here, okay? I'm trying to <laughs> try to sell this a little bit. <laughs> so if you're taking a road trip and you guys have about two hours to kill, of course, always go back, check out our shows. We have a lot of fun, and especially the Women's History Month show from Tuesday. That show was phenomenal, and we got to learn so many different things from Barbara Burke Sherman. She was a lot of fun. I know she had to run, but she was – by the way, Sherman – she, your wife was a lot of fun on the show. I like the energy she brought. The blue hair was was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, she was a lot of fun. So make sure you give our love to, to Mrs. Sherman. And and by all means, please, before we go off air here, please plug away the boutique. Uh, my wife's boutique is burksboutique.com. She sells women's clothing. It's fascinating. Now, look, I can't speak for it because of the fact that I don't wear women's clothing. But if you are a woman or if you're a man who likes to wear women's clothing, check out Burks Boutique. <laughs> 
Com. You can follow her on Facebook, just like us. She's trying to get the 1,000 likes as well. It's free shipping for all items. What? It's free shipping for all items. So, you know, take a couple minutes to check it out, BurksBoutique.com. Angel, thank you for letting me put that plug in there. You're welcome. No problem whatsoever. And, of course, we can't forget the sponsor of the show, Brossery South, and his fans affiliate, the official sponsor of Brossery South. Again, if you guys want to travel like a champion and you want to see the future games that are coming up with the Eagles, and, again, they have a package for the Phillies, for our Sixers and for our Flyers, but reach out 610-517-7171 and or joe at fansaffiliate.com. So go to fansaffiliate.com. And by the way, the links are on our website. So Nick, again, welcome to the team. Uh, we know Ooh. that there are 50,000. So we went from one article to 50,000. I just want to know that in between the show, he's been writing all these different articles. So, but we That's look right. forward to it. Of course, we're going to have it up there and published on the website. So as soon as you get it done, no rush. We know you got a lot of things going on, but we look forward to your first article that we'll post up there on the website for everyone to view and see. So always look back, folks, at our website because we're always going to be consistently updating it as the show, the weeks, and the seasons go along. Ryan, thank you for filling in for Mike Fuji. We do appreciate you coming on with us tonight. Thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's been fantastic as always. It's always a pleasure. appreciate you guys. It's our pleasure. And to our viewers, thanks again for watching us, for staying on board. And we do appreciate it. I know we ran a little bit late today and we went long, but we had a lot of fun. We do appreciate it. So – uh, for Mike, Nick, and Ryan, I'm Angel. We will see you guys next week.